I'm the target of a meat missile going 150 miles an hour plus. That got really <laughs> exciting all of a sudden. I'm doing canopy safety. Um, I drive like an Asian, so I don't know if it's the most appropriate thing ever. I'm killing it. Utah, give me two. You're listening to Gravity Lab Radio, hosted by DJ Marvin and produced by Nicholas Live. Have we talked about skydiving the whole time? Hello, Mr. John Walker. Welcome to the show, my friend. Hello, Nick. We may or may not be streaming live to a large or small (laughs) number of people. Is that how you start every show? Yeah, exactly like this. We dance around for 20 minutes trying to figure out how the internet works. And then we start over and make our own internet. And uh, now here we are. Great. Great. So if you're watching the live stream right now, you're probably not hearing my microphone. I feel like that microphone is pointed right at you, DJ. Is that what's happening? It might be. You're the only one who matters. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Uh, yeah, if you're watching the live stream, we're having some technical difficulties. We are streaming live from DJ's telephone. All right. Hello, right? world. Sure. Yeah, that's fine. Whatever. I'm sure people will chime in and say, hey, what's wrong with the audio? And we'll say, hey, it's broken still, <laughs> just like when we started. Shit don't work. It's weird because by default, I want to look at this monitor yeah, to see what's on the... Not it's, it looks like, like the interweb is working again. I turned off the router. <laughs> That makes perfect so, sense. Te- <laughs> Technology is super cool. Hey, John. How are you? It's good. Man. I've, I've heard well. that you have a background in sound engineering. Is that true? Oh, that is true. Can you fix this, Please help us. this thing right here? Um, yeah, it looks broken. It's a good diagnosis. Yeah. It's a great place yeah. to start. No problem. Knowing the problem is half the battle. Mm, it's broken. So I think when, uh, when DJ... Uh, hosts the show. He does quite a bit of research about the people who he talks to. I didn't do that part. It's been a so, while, actually. Yeah, you don't you don't really look people up. Just their pictures, just enough to get pictures for what we see. Do. And that that is actually where I did some research. As we make our little our little promo thing, right? You know, you, you brought that up, and I saw those four pictures, and I didn't even realize they were all me. Who did you think that they were? <laughs> I just didn't remember having a kid. You know? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> he does look a lot like you. I don't think so. Really? He's got blonde eyes. No, no. Blonde, blonde eyes. eyes. Blonde. Holy uh, shit. Little hybrid baby. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. There's no way it's me. I had to be somebody else. So who's the real father? He looks a lot like you. Yeah. Well, your baby's not going to be very tall. Oh. Well, I say you're the same height already. Hey, That's go why you what? fuck yourself. Ooh. No, I uh, I had a vasectomy when I was 19. Mm. So We spoke about that before. I uh, admire that. I did not get your wife pregnant. Okay, you're off the list. All right. Uh, I'll keep looking around, though. Anyway, blue eyes, blonde hair. He's a handsome little fella. Jack. He's going to be a danger. You know, yeah. I thought I was going to teach him how to pick up chicks, but dude. I bet he's he's pulling in he all just, the ladies, isn't he? He's just ridiculous, man. We went to this ice cream shop. All the chicks came up. All of them? All of them. So being a two. single dad is the way to get girls. His mom was there. <laughs> oh, bummer. <laughs> <laughs> she saw she saw his game. She's worried too. Well, you guys better watch out. Mm. You gonna teach him uh, abstinence, or are we going for full on sex education? Full on, dude. You gotta tell him all the stuff. Uh. Teach him all the moves. Yeah. <laughs> Show you, him all the tricks. You treat the dames like ladies, and you treat the ladies like dames. You know. What's, <laughs> what's the difference? What's the What's the difference between a lady and a dame? Do they expect you to open the door for them? Because if they do, don't. Is that that's a dame, or is that a lady? Hmm. I forget. 
I forget the I forget the titles. You know, it's just a language. What I you know what I'm saying? I heard that you're supposed hey John, to be put your headphones on so you talk into the mic better. Oh, there oh. you go. Oh, yeah. How's it going now? Is this better? It's great. Better. It's amazing. All right. <laughs> Could I get less Nick in the mix? Why are you? <laughs> that's not possible. Okay. We can it, adjust the levels. We can make you deaf to everybody. Mm. Like I said, me and DJ in the mix. Cool. Just less of Hey, Nick. I don't know if you noticed. Channel but, 2, less of Nick. But I'm <laughs> I'm hosting the show tonight. Thank you very much. It's going good. Hey, I thought we were going to move the seats around so the guest was here. Didn't we do that for Rabbit? That Rabbit walked in and said he wanted to sit there. Oh, okay. So that's good what we did. So, Nick, you want to change places? No, I'm good. I'm okay. feeling pretty good. I'm just thinking. I'm John, are you okay over there? Uh is it weird being in the middle? Do you feel like you're being ganged up on? Uh, not until that moment. Oh, well. But now, yes. You're being ganged up on. Okay. Okay. Uh, are you ready? I'm good. I'm good. This is Trying all my favorite video start on a couch. Oh. With an interview. Oh. Is this your first time being on camera? No. <laughs> is that the question that you you know the guy's questions? I don't think you're that's well, how they would ask you're it. You're well versed in the... uh hmm. the best video. What's it? The casting couch? Was that two yes. hours? <laughs> <laughs> and thanks everyone for tuning in. That was cool. That was cool. I appreciate you guys. So, are we? We're not on Facebook at all. No. no. Good. Perfect. Right. Right now, now we're not on Facebook. Our cameras are off. So that's awesome. even um, better. There is no book of Facebook. I guess I'll put my pants back on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this is just audio. Please now is the perfect time for somebody to get naked. Uh. We're all naked. So running now around it, the room. At this point, it's not live at all. I no. don't think that no no uh-uh. we're so we're just recording oh, for that the just podcast takes, yeah. Oh that takes the pressure way off. <laughs> Let's go <laughs> ahead and start again. <laughs> that was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Mr. John Walker, you're uh, you are from Texas, is that true? I am from Midland, Texas. I sir. didn't I didn't place you as a Texas boy. Well, I take that as a compliment. Nothing. What's uh what's Midland, Texas oh, like? Oh, there it goes. Oh. There's <laughs> oil. And football. So which one of those did you uh, attach yourself I to? I didn't do those things. Oh, that's why you're not still in mm. Midland. Yeah. So I just skipped school and started a band. That was it. That sounds like a really good thing to do in it Midland, It was sweet. Texas. It was sweet. Yeah, when are you going to the football game? What football game? Oh, we're at State this year. But I didn't know. Cool. But you were, were killing it there at band practice? Mm-hmm. Something was going on in band practice. So what, what did you do in this band? Um, played music. Yeah, I knew that already. <laughs> I played bass. Yeah, I knew that too because I looked at your stupid pictures on Facebook. Was there a bass thing on there? It may have been a regular guitar. Oh, yeah. So what kind of band was, was this? Um, I've been in a lot of bands. Uh, that one was with my brothers. And we played cover songs, man. Tool. Pantera. Nice. Corrosion of conformity. Good jams. Did you guys write any of your own music? We wrote like two songs. They were like 20 minutes long because nobody could argue. Oh, no, every, nobody could agree on what we'd put in there, so we put everything in there. Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> no. 15-minute song, man. It's not that good. Well, what's your favorite kind of music to play? Oh. Like three-piece funk, baby. Bass, guitar. Funk? Are you being serious with this funk thing? I love playing funk also. Mm. I play saxophone. Hey, guys, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> we need a jam session, dude. Let's jam. <laughs> I thought about bringing a guitar, but uh, I thought De- I might be alone. Describe so. to me funk music. Oh, funk music. Get the funk out get of my face. Get 
the funk out of my face. Yeah, I don't. There's no musical accompaniment here. You're not helping my understanding. Out of my face. It kind of helped. <laughs> Is this a real song? Should yeah. I, should I know this? Yes. It's Who's in it's in Tropic Thunder, actually. Or not Tropic Thunder. Uh, the Tropics, Will Ferrell movie. Um, basketball. The semi-pro? Semi-pro, yes. Huh, interesting. Hmm. I'm going to pull so it up on my phone because there is no internet. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> well, you're, will you hold it up to your microphone when you get it playing? I will. So I can still not recognize it? Wouldn't Bruno <laughs> Mars have some songs that would be considered poppy? But the look on John's face, I think you just offended him. Uh, No, no, no. This face right here is the face that you feel when you're listening to (laughs) funk. So really, uh, the whole time I was sitting there trying to describe what funk music is, but it's just when it... Okay, it's very twangy. (laughs) It's just twangy because it's over this microphone thing and coming out of these little... I don't know. You hear that bass guitar? That... All right, I think we got the idea. You can... Take that uh, off. That's <laughs> a good song. <laughs> I love how when that started mm. playing, did you hear John just, uh, 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 it just happens. Uh, it just, uh. I noticed that head bob too was pretty instinctive. Oh, His hair yeah. got curlier. What? <laughs> uh, uh, they're half dad sounds and half funk sounds. Like, uh, uh, yeah, uh, like James Brown. Touch oh, me. Touch myself. Ow. One of them makes you want to move and the other part of it realizes you just hurt your back. Yeah, that you don't move. <laughs> and you're impotent. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing my best to look at DJ and <laughs> just using a lot of peripheral vision. <laughs> but really, I'm just hanging out with Justin. It's okay because no <laughs> one's watching anyway, so it doesn't matter at all. <laughs> um, I'll take these pants back off. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> I'm going to be so intimidated again. Homeboy's packing. He's got a piece. Uh. Ooh. <laughs> Oh. Oh. Okay, this has gotten weird unusually soon. <laughs> oh man. It's not unusual. <laughs> I've <laughs> to be loved by anyone. I've recently realized That's Tom Jones. <laughs> <laughs> I recently realized I'm gonna have to do a couple of shows with just audio and no video. And okay. I was looking for I was gonna try to plan and figure this out. I guess there's no way to learn but this way. You're gonna why would you do a show <laughs> with no video? Uh, why would you even <laughs> do a show like that? <laughs> Uh, PIA Symposium next year is in February in Dallas, Dallas, Texas. Okay. And there's a gathering of a lot of people, a lot of friends, and I think I'm going to try to get a couple friends while we're at the symposium to pop off to the side. I can take these three microphone, microphones microphones, and that laptop and actually use it just as its own studio with channels. So we can just record uh, on the go and then shut down and do whatever. Party. Yeah. Um, yeah, dude. Keep doing what you guys are doing. So where did this funk influence come from? Ah, I feel like it comes from within, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Best possible answer. Oh, my God. I guess I can't oh. uh, go any further like, down that hey, road. Hey, brothers, let's play some Tool. Actually, see ya. <laughs> I'm going to go start a funk band with my two whitest friends here in Midland, Texas. Man, the whitest friends in Midland? Uh, Those guys must have been... Dude, they're funky. It's I don't know. Something happens the opposite in Midland, where like the whiter you get, the funkier you get. Is that so? Because <laughs> I was it's gonna true. say. I mean, I don't want. I'm pretty fucking white. I, I played a lot of funk music. Really? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was in a. I find a that almost professional offensive. jazz band and all that shit. Yeah. Who knew? Were we there more in common than ever? Was there much ethnic diversity in your funk group? Not in my mm. high school because I went to Katy High School, but it was the Houston Young Musicians Association. So yeah, there were. Quite diverse. Okay, that I can respect. 
But Midland, Texas funk band. It's questionable. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> huh. It's questionable. The what band's name was track? Soul Pajamas, if that helps you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Were they sequined? I don't even know what that means, but yes. Soul Pajamas? We God, Soul Pajamas. That might be my next free fly team. Oh. I just envision like a, got the a Rick James outfit oh. in pajamas. I did wear pajamas for a while. but How big of an influence has Rick James been on your life and musical career? <laughs> None. None. Well, that's depressing. You know, I don't know music trivia or things like that. I don't know most well. pop culture trivia <laughs> at all. You could ask me most things about most famous people and most bands. Like I couldn't tell you many members of many bands at all. Me neither. Okay, perfect. Yeah. All right. A lot of the times I was learning songs as I first heard Is the song. Like, oh, <laughs> Since there's cool. Point. Hey, you know what? I can still hear you talking over here, Justin. We're trying to have a goddamn conversation. No, I'm just kidding. Sorry. <laughs> I'm just joking. John, back to very Nick. serious things. So you played bass guitar. I did. I played guitar in the funk band, bass in the in the brother band. And the brother did the brother band have a name? Flood. Flood. That's, Flood this, is a, this is a cover band. Cover band. Favorite song to cover. Ooh, in that band? Yeah. What was your like? What was your guys' jam? Like, you guys are gonna get together. You're gonna all do this one song, and you're gonna all be super psyched about. Yeah, it was Tool, man. It was a Tool song. Uh, Swamp song. I don't know that. It's great. Yeah. Let, let's go deeper into that. Song then. And Tell me more it. about the swampiness mm. of the song. Hang on, I'm YouTubing. <laughs> <laughs> ah, you know. The coolest thing was just jamming with my brothers, though. Like, not playing a song and just sitting around flowing, man. Because yeah. we were brothers. So we kind of knew what each other You guys was did do. a lot of uh, improvisation. My man, this one. This technology is off the chain. This one. I was never a huge Tool fan. I always enjoy listening to their Tool, music. Dude. Yeah, I don't blame you. But I, I never, you know, I couldn't tell you any of their songs or. Oh, you could now. There's the Swamp Song. Swamp Song, yeah. Who doesn't know the Swamp Song? Really? There I it mean, is. Come on. There it is. So Nick, I was going to do research about uh, YouTube, but I just looked at your pictures. Yeah, what did you What did you find? <sighs> Gotta tell you, he just called what? me out on my lie. I didn't what? even do that. What did, <laughs> <laughs> what did I play in the band? Had to bend the soundboard. I am really talented on the soundboard. I see that. Mm-hmm. Mm. Nick, when did we meet? I believe we met in Austin, Texas at iFly Austin. Oh, that's right. During the the competition that was there. No? Before well, that. I definitely flew with you during that competition. Yep. Because I remember during the competition flying with you with the GoPro on my helmet in the wind tunnel thinking there are people here who should frown upon this. Mm. But I got away with it. That was sweet. Yeah. Yeah. But um, it seems like I already knew you at that point, but not well. Mm. So I think I was coming to Austin for a, some different iFly projects at this time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so had just met you there because of that. And then, uh, yeah, and then that's right. definitely flew at that competition. That, well, that may have been our first time flying together. Ah, I still remember that. And I don't uh, remember meeting you specifically, but I do remember flying with you. That well, that's, that means I didn't make a terrible impression, so that's a good sign. Mm. I remember that video, and I thought, wow. I don't look like that. That's not me. <laughs> the the video of you carving upside down yeah, well, of the camera? I've never seen I, that dude, before. I, I really like that shot a lot. Yeah, it was cool. I thought I looked one way. Turns out, looked, nope. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the GoPro is it does distort things a little bit. Uh, yeah, nope. I, 
thought I looked cooler. You, I thought you looked pretty cool. <laughs> well, thanks. What, what, uh, what part? You, you looked cooler. What didn't look cool about? You know, it? I remember that video and watching it, and just thinking that I didn't know I held my chest in that certain way. And then I saw that, and I was just I mean, like but groundbreaking. You, you were doing a lot of crazy stuff with your hands. Did that contribute to to the? Couldn't anything tell you. else about your I, body position? You know, I just remember just being on cruise mode with you, and for that shot. Yeah, but you were pointing. You were doing some stuff. You oh. were having a you having a good old time. You know what was cool about that time is I didn't do I, the competition. I honestly don't even remember what video that was in. Oh, because because I, I <laughs> no because I feel like the video that I made was a promotional video for that competition. Probably, but like during the competition. Yeah. Made. So yeah, it was like a daily like video for the competition. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. That makes sense. Yeah. Mm. I would tell Justin to look it up, but the internet's not even working. I mean, I could sit here and watch it on my phone. <laughs> no, it would take you so long. It's super, super buried in like IBA stuff. But the competition, uh, was that 2015? Four, 14. 2004, yeah, November of 2014. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you know what's cool is I didn't compete, so I got every single break. I mean, I was just always in the door. So I just sat there and flew probably like an hour in the <laughs> middle of this whole competition going on. Just That's like, awesome. This is sweet. <laughs> Yeah, that was the uh, FAI World Cup of indoor skydiving. Oh yeah, that was one of the first ones they had. I think it was the first one. Yeah, I think or the it was th- they said that it was the first time that the FAI was recognizing indoor skydiving as an aeronautical That's event. Right. That's right. And then I feel like they had they had that, they, and then they had a couple more. They also that. promoted like the next two competitions as the first the ever. First, yeah. yeah. Well, first at that location, you know, they just didn't finish it. But I fly Austin. That was a place, man. I liked it. Was that your first uh, corporate I fly gig? You mean as a job? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I got that job. What else would I mean? Just like going there, flying at a corporate tunnel. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So both, this is both was true. Same yeah. size as the Arizona tunnel. Is that right? The Arizona, uh, yes, same size, same size. Hang on, we're skipping over a bunch of stuff. Whoa, should we go back? Yeah, let's get back to it. I'm to just still trying to look at uh, DJ. Over here. I uh, I apologize <laughs> for all the craziness earlier, man. I'm finally I I've been had a very busy week, and I said I'm not going to drink tonight because of the week I've had. Oh. And after the start of tonight, I'm I'm to drinking. Fuck this. <laughs> oh man, I, I, I kind of want to go back where you're going, Nick. And I, I want to. The first time I met you was oh, <laughs> he's craning <laughs> his <laughs> neck. He's, he's, <laughs> Hold on, I'm glad, I'm glad <laughs> Facebook face Live's not on right now. Yeah, Hold on. I'm trying to make this not... Yeah. I need way less Nick in the mix. <laughs> <laughs> man, I thought we were friends. I thought, man, he just shut you out yeah, right, right there. Cool. That's well, cool. I just feel like it's kind of like this for a while. Wait, hang on. How, how many episodes? What, what episode number is this? This is like 75, 48? Right? No. 48? 44, I believe. 44? Top oh, of that screen. Yeah, 44. Episode 44. I forget, this one's still working. I just want you to know that this host role that's happening right now, I think you're only the fourth person that I've been willing to sit in this seat for. Whoa. Really, the third person. Tex, AJ, Tex Carlos. Carlos. Okay. I thought I was going to say you did Tex twice. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Guys, I just want to chime in here and say I appreciate being the 44th person that you thought of for the show. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, isn't that like a President Bush or something? Well, you're like Bush. I mean, we asked a lot of other people. It's pretty it's much no one else can do it. <laughs> It's slightly less because people have been on multiple times. Yeah. No, That's really, cool. you were like the 73rd. We had four no's this week. Oh. <laughs> yeah, well, anyway, I'm just trying to say it's truly honored to be here. Truly All right, ask your here. stupid fucking question, Let's DJ. go back. Let's go back. <laughs> of this Let, asshole. Let's go back. The first time I met you, I don't 
I, I don't really remember meeting you. The second time I met you was in 2010 Nationals, and you referred back to our first meeting. That's right. You started uh, skydiving. I think a lot of our friends don't actually realize that you started as a skydiver and a competitive skydiver. That's all true. Yeah, and where did, when and where did you start jumping? You know, I just realized it was 2006, and it was at Eagle's Nest in Midland, Texas. David Watts was <coughs> the main man down there. That might be, I don't know. And, uh, yeah, I'll never forget you, DJ, because I came up here to visit my brother again because he was living here, and I took a trip to the drop zone and didn't make a jump. But DJ came and talked to me for, like, three hours about skydiving, treated me with the same amount of respect as he does now, no different. I couldn't believe the honor, and, uh, yeah, I just never forget that, man. I just wanted to make sure I put that in here. Dude, I talk a lot. Well, <laughs> I uh, no, I appreciate it, man. That's that's the you thing know. you said to me in 2010. But yeah. the thing I uh, really wanted to get to is back to the, Nick. I think we're backtracking to a skydiving, right? Oh, I was gonna get back to the funk band, man. The funk band. <laughs> we skipped over a lot yeah. of funk band. The shit. person that usually complains about us not talking about yeah, skydiving. The, the, <laughs> the, the flood and uh, soul pajamas. Soul pajamas. Oh yeah. Soul pajamas. I, wh- do you guys soul have like a whiteboard of how we're gonna pajamas. go through the conversation, or maybe we mapped it out? But no, yeah, you didn't get the. I sent you in the the. Facts, the facsimile. I sent my rider <laughs> over, and I didn't see my Hawaiian water. That's the show notes. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah. cool. Looks good. Oh, wait a minute. No, it's supposed to be a blank screen. Sorry, the time wasn't supposed to come on. <laughs> I really I did. I thought it was uh, porn or something. I, I watched <laughs> a comical rapid-fire interview and screenshotted some of the questions, and now I don't remember any of them. My man. <laughs> My um, man. So, so where's that soundboard at, though? Let's go back to those other band <laughs> names. How many bands have you been in? I've been in a bunch. Uh, I played just a bunch, man. You know, right when I've, right when I cut away and went to Arizona to become a wind tunnel instructor, I was gigging all the time in Lubbock, Texas, which was cool. But man, I'm happy to not go down that route anymore. You were gigging? Were these paid gigging. gigs? Paid, paid gigs. What? Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't know what's going on. It just you white just boys helps. brought that funk hard, goddamn. <laughs> was it in a country band, jazz band? Do you have a r- recorded work of all of these bands? Mm, probably somewhere. That means yes, and he doesn't want to play it for no, us. No, no. <laughs> oh, there's no way I have it like with me. It would be on an old computer or something at home. Yeah, but are you gonna make me like a a sure. mixtape? Yeah, sure. You can put, you can put those on the <laughs> iFly videos for sure. You know. Oh my god, royalty free. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, we really should sneak one in there. How how psyched would you be? I would be I would be super dope, man. Okay, dude, if you send me a video that I can or the the song that I can get away with, yeah, dude, we'll absolutely make that happen. Yeah, there's one. I think of one right away. Yes, it's, the cuss words are way fast. <laughs> <laughs> what uh, what genre of music is this? Uh, funk. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't. <laughs> All right. Well, you get you give me a few of your favorites. We'll find a home for one of them. Look look for that in 2019, everybody. So where did you start skydiving? Yeah, Midland, Texas. Midland, Texas. It was uh, Eagle's Nest, 182. Man, I, you know, like the conversation I had with DJ in 2007 or 2006 was I learned on a, I don't even know what kind of rig it was, an old military rig. It was main and reserve. No, <laughs> you know. Two systems, like where the normal cutaway handle is as the main, uh-huh. and then the cutaway and the reserve was on the on the left. Interesting. What was the cutaway and reserve was one handle? Yeah, it was one handle. Okay. Yep. And uh, it was a round reserve. And I came and I talked to him, and he was just instantly, you know, knows the deal. Crossover training gets you done today. I was sitting there like, maybe I should do this. I didn't do it. But yeah, that drop zone was 
kind of sketchy in hindsight. I didn't really know at the time, but did like 30 jumps out there. And that whole time, as soon as I found out about tunnels, man, I put in resumes at tunnels, got hired 2007. Then I didn't make another jump for like another year or two because I didn't want to get broken. So yeah. flying in the tunnel, was the fear of getting broken inspired by well, the ease of flying in how, the tunnel? How easy was it back then to not hire somebody? I mean, they easily kick you to the curb, you know what I mean? It, this is in Eloy? Yeah. That was your fir- first tunnel was Eloy? First tunnel was Eloy. Mm. 2007. 2007. What, what was that scene like? You know, um, I loved it. I loved it, man. So but, you worked with my buddy, Davey Manning. Oh, he was he was gone right before I got there. Oh, you know, really? It was right at the time where I think Paraclete opened, and Nick, Mick Nuttle, and Scott, and all those dudes, I think, bailed to go to the 16-foot tunnel. So all of a sudden, they had five openings in Arizona, and I snuck in right there. That's what you do. It was sweet. Thanks a lot, Paraclete. Oh, man. You know, at that time, I think there was like maximum 50 wind tunnel instructors in the country. So I was yeah. just so lucky. I was super psyched when I first started flying head down in the tunnel. This was in the Utah Tunnel. And I'd get online to see how many people had been checked off for head down flying in yeah. the tunnel. And I was so psyched that the number was small. Yeah. And now I suck shit compared to a lot of people that started way after me. So I feel a lot less cool. About well, it. I understand that, man. You can't fight the youth. <laughs> Damn kids. They're strong. So uh, I'm sure that more people who are tunnel flyers listening to this have the experience of flying in these new recirculating, air-conditioned uh, tunnels. Yeah. How would you say that this tunnel, or let's just compare the Houston tunnel, Houston Memorial Tunnel, to uh, the Arizona tunnel? Mm. What are the most notable differences? Mm. Well, on, on a really nice day in Arizona, when there's no wind outside, and it's 70 degrees or something, 75, in the morning, 6.30, and it's October, that wind was smooth, man. <laughs> <laughs> One day out of 365, mm. that's not too bad. That morning, that was good. And as long as all the maintenance is up to date on the one at Memorial, it's super smooth. Right now, it's a bit not smooth. But. So what uh, maintenance-wise, what causes something? Is it seals? Is it? You got it. So all these tunnels have seals on both sides of the fan that... My understanding is that they're supposed to break, right? And it's part of the system where the fan moves, so that part breaks so that the tunnel doesn't shatter. But ours had specific issues, so we have them blown out quite a bit, and that just causes turbulence. Which, since we're sitting here talking about it, if you're in the wind for hours a day, turbulence starts to hurt, you know. So kind of a bummer. I wouldn't have thought that. That's interesting. Hurts in what way? I believe it. You know, the the wind goes fa-fa-fa-fa-fa. You can sit outside and you can hear it. So, I mean, it's what, that's what's happening. So even if you're totally stable in there, you're going to feel cut, cut, tut, 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 tut. And that's essentially just hitting your body like that. And to me, I think over time in there, if it was going to be smooth, you don't hurt as much. So you're getting air punched all day is what you're telling me. Mm. Air punch. Mm. I'm sorry about the dad sounds. I'm just a dad now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I go to move and I'm like, oh, uh, I didn't even mean to make that sound. I, now that I got these headphones on, whoa, I didn't realize how much I did it. <laughs> I don't think there's anything I can do about it. I mean, do you think that, that you, making these noises has actually increased in your, in your time as a father? 100%. Hmm. Yeah, no doubt. 
<laughs> beer tastes better. Does it? Oh. See that dad sound? I was just trying to say <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, I think that one was from the fact that beer actually does taste better, and I was thinking about how it tastes. Would you like a beer? I'm trying not to drink right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, I've got, a, I'm a dad. I've got a hippie drink in there. Will you hand me my, uh, my kombucha? It's top shelf there. So you worked in Arizona for how many years? It was six or seven years out there. Um, oh, you're not supposed to shake it. What are you doing? <laughs> you are supposed to shake it. Jesus. It Is it carbonated? It says do not shake. No way. God. No way. Don't you know anything about being a hippie and drinking stupid hippie drinks? Man, this video would be great. It really <laughs> would. Oh, God, everybody's the world missing does it. not I think know this what it's missing. would have been your best episode video Dude, wise. Give me this. Not <laughs> shake. <Yeah. laughs> I'm so sorry. Does it actually say that? <laughs> yes. I believed him, but I had to read it because he said he would, like, he asked, does it say it on there? I was like, oh. Don't worry. I'll be able to drink that in 20. <laughs> more minutes <laughs> <laughs> and it will still fizz out of control all well, right that is a hippie arizona trick. six years is that what you said six or seven something <laughs> so <laughs> as kind of as track. a wind tunnel instructor in a period of six or seven years how many hours would you say you sp- spent in the wind yeah that's a good question and uh i know i'm trying to you're gonna have to kind of make that up to some extent right i feel like everybody does and you know i think the the baseline for everybody is does that dude got five thousand hours <laughs> I got more than that, dude. The guy in the video says he has five thousand hours. But what video? What what do you? Oh, Oh, the the iFly video. Yeah, the the classroom video. You know Chris Dixon. Yeah. Chris Dixon is the star slash host of the iFly classroom video. Which is great for all the other instructors because they're like, "Oh, how many hours do you have?" I'm like, "Oh, oh, I just started." (laughs) (laughs) Uh, My name is uh, Jim. I've got. Seven hours in the tunnel. You're safe with me. Come That's on. not 5,000. <laughs> but so anyway, you know. Here's a head down spot. Ah, <laughs> I knew that question was going to come up of like how many hours does a does a tunnel instructor get? And I think it's anywhere in, in the neighborhood of um, 500 to 1,500 a year, depending on how hard they work. 500 to 1,500. Yeah. And uh, what portion, let's just say it's a, a busy year. You've worked a lot, 1,500 hours. How much of that is actually flying? Yeah. I guess it, there's a lot of variables in there, but, um, man, it would be half, have to be less than half, probably like a quarter, because the majority of the time you're working with people, you know, and you're on your feet or whatever, first time flyer classes, blah, 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 standing in the door. So what, uh, being in Arizona, it's a pretty different crowd, I would imagine, than your uh, typical corporate iFly? For sure. You know, I think that tunnel has... Just throw out some percentage here, like 10% first-time flyers, 60% skydivers, and then, you know, whatever that other number left would be, uh, military contracts. Oh, I forget about military. Man, I was just in Skydive San Diego. Fucking military, man. Everywhere. So much. Not like I know. I just know they're everywhere, (laughs) no matter where you go. There's always (laughs) military. This is the United States. I mean, there's military dudes everywhere. But... uh, what sort of stuff were, did you teach any of these military guys? You know, I probably ruined a fair bit of military people, and that's where I got some of my coaching chops. Is just, you know, it's not like they paid for it. So you ruined? I ruined them. them. To, like, yeah, for sure. Like you know, beat just, the shit out of them. Ruined no, them? just like you know, if you're a tattoo artist, you don't start in the city that you want to start a shop in. You ruin people in a different <laughs> city. Oh yeah, and, okay. And you get your chops, and then then I you start. You. So Genius. on the military is where a lot of instructors would get the opportunity to coach for the first time. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were going to say something far meaner sounding than no. what you just said. No, I'm going to... Get the opportunity to coach for the first time. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. 
So it was all all good times. You you know, um, in Arizona, people come out there and spend like a month. And when they're out there for a month, a lot of times they would buy like 10 hours of tunnel time or something. So you would get to take somebody through a whole progression once you started getting a name over there. And that was always good times. Like somebody come up to you, never been in the tunnel, and by the time they left, you know, they were flying on their head and could go back in the sky. That was cool. It's cool to be a part of that. So I am curious what uh, FITP, first or flight instructor training program. I don't know if it's first or flight, and I uh, probably first or uh, I don't know. I think it's got to be flight instructors. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, FITP. Yep. What was FITP? What was it like for you to learn to become an instructor? Now, that's cool. Uh, It sucked, right? I almost quit. I remember almost quitting and the trainer coming up to me and kind of giving me the pep talk or whatever. But um, my FITP was two people, and the second person quit two weeks in. So then I had to start over again when we got somebody else, which was good for me because I, I really sucked. Um, so my FITP was six weeks, and it was probably three to four hours a night, pretty full on, pretty full on. So when you say it sucked, like like it, it sucked in a way that like boot camp would suck? Yeah, yeah, they're, for sure. They're like, kind of rough with you? I had never, never experienced... I was in no sports. You know, I didn't care about football back in Midland, Texas. I was playing in the band in the garage. Like, dude, I had no muscle. I don't know how I got the job. I guess it was just because I was tall. But, yeah, that was the first time I really was involved in any kind of sport. And, uh, man, it was just conditioning for me. My body wasn't ready by any means. And it sucked. It was boot camp for sure. And then first day, first time I got in the wind, it was standing in the door for an airspeed block. I didn't do a thing. You know, I, I, I had just been, like, drilled to be in the door and spot everybody that comes in and out. And here's this dude from Airspeed, like, hey, you, you don't got to do that for me. <laughs> you know, I'm safe. And I was just like, no, dude. I don't <laughs> care who you are. My job is to be right here in this door or else you, things go bad. You know? And he's like, seriously, don't get in my way. <laughs> yes, for, real. <laughs> for real. Yeah, he's got, you know, 25,000 skydives. Like, yeah, he's fine. Yeah, he could get in. But, yeah. FITP back then was uh, hard hard going. There was like five T f- T4s in the world at that point. So those five well, What's a T4 for people that, that yeah. might not know? There's ratings in the tunnel world, and T4 means that you're able to make a, a new instructor, pretty much what it comes down to. It's like the highest level trainer. Examiner in skydiving language. Yep, probably, probably that. Him and I. <laughs> Jay was working on both Bean and Dahl, and he would commonly compare the two and... and don't know if he ever made T4. He was an examiner for a little while, and basically he does in the tunnel what I do in the sky. Mm. You're training one of our buddies right now, Nick, Nick. Serrera. Yeah. yeah. And he's he's a big fan. He always listens to you guys. So Well, I'm sure he's going to be psyched when he hears his name mentioned uh, on the oh, podcast. Oh, he's, he's, just, got, he's just over there like, yeah. Do you think his arms are up in the air right now? <laughs> Dude, he, uh, he got called out recently. He was one of my bad stories, and he... I don't know if you heard me. I heard him call you yeah. out at the tunnel. Yeah, yeah. I was awesome. sitting there for that. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, but I don't mind if I use you for a bad example. I, I don't think you'll be embarrassed. It's, I just don't say your name publicly, but now that Nick has owned it. Well, now the DJ's being a real bad friend. How's I, Nick doing in his FITP course? Um, God, what an opportunity. What an opportunity right now. He is doing horrible. Oh, <laughs> shit, son. <laughs> That's got to sting. Burn. You know, and that's what I mean. Like, I am a really nice person. But since I've been a T4 out there and since I was a part of all that, it just you just get rude, man. <laughs> you just get rude. I don't know if you know this, but 
skydivers are, man, the skydiving world, there's some egos to manage. So as soon as they come in, you kind of got to break them. Like, hey. Like they're a wild horse. You know, <laughs> Nick, Assert your male dominance. Nick told me that I give the opposite of a compliment sandwich. That I go, hey, that really sucked. That really sucked what you just did there. You kind of did okay in the middle, but dude, that's not going to cut it. <laughs> uh, no, he's doing great. He's doing great. So how, how does the FITP course that you run compare to the course that you had to go through? Um, listen, listen to how political I can say this. The demands of the business <laughs> require the FITP course <laughs> to be as efficient as possible. So what did take six weeks of four to five hours a night doesn't take that long anymore. I want to defend the position of the company mm. by saying... It took me for fucking ever to learn that down flying for a really long, really long time. I just would get on the net on my head and I would bail and I would bail. And honestly, uh, no one had really good coaching for me. For sure. It was just like, hey, get down on the net and then get get wider with your legs and you're going to come up. Right. And that was like that was the extent of the coaching. And now I see how far coaching techniques, the ability to relay the information has improved so much yeah. that I see people learn way faster than me and I feel very justified in hating them for that. For sure. But uh, do, you, do you think the ability to teach this skill set has uh, become easier or that it's at least a more efficient progress pro program than it was? That's such a good question. You can't argue with that. I mean, the four-minute mile, right? You're not going to go run a four-minute mile. But once someone does it in 12 minutes, then you're going to do it in 11.59, right? So over time... For sure, everybody's gotten better, faster. Everybody, um, you know, I was telling Nick in FITP, he's getting to begin where I'm ending, where I'm at presently. So the whole last 10 years of work and knowledge, I'm just spoon-feeding this dude. And he's just already starting with such a base that, man, of course, I mean, he's... I'm just old, dude. <laughs> well, th to contrast that, then, uh, your experience level... <laughs> that one wasn't me. I I've been good. <laughs> your experience level now, compared to the experience level of the people who trained you to be an instructor, how would you compare those things? Oh, it's a, uh, numbers wise, it's exactly the same. So right where I was getting trained, the guy who trained me, Ray Kubiak, awesome. What? Ray Kubiak. Love Ray Kubiak. Uh. What a gentleman. Uh, that one. Uh, that one. <laughs> that deserves a dad noise. <laughs> that dude has four kids and can rap. I mean, dang. Come on. He's making. He's making dad sounds. Yeah. Uh, Ray is the man. Ray's always been the man. He did stuff in the tunnel that just, you know, was impossible back then. He's flying in slow motion, and Ray always had the coaching chops too. He had been coaching forever. So he w he was really good at putting it down. So dynamic flying is kind of the new cool thing, right? Yeah. And even myself, I kind of understand it as like a new thing in flying. Yeah. And then I see some old Arizona tunnel videos. Yep. And it seems like you guys were doing a lot of that shit a long time ago. Seems like the history of dynamic flying is going to be around 2009, you know, when the first competition was, the Battle of Botrop. And it must have been, yeah, probably around that time that I remember the dive pool was labeled something like one, two, three, four. So you're sitting there carving with your friends and the guy calls out a number one, two, three, four, and you know what kind of layout you're about to go do. So yeah, it's been around for a while. Um, 
it still seems new. And I think, uh, um, you know, just to say the name, Martin Christians, Martin Christensen used to be out in uh, Arizona and he was fly around his students and we all made fun of him because he was back flying around these guys, like just doing circles. And we were just like, what's this guy doing? He thinks his students are going to get good. He's just back flying around him doing flips and stuff like what is this and now everybody's doing that everybody's doing that and do you feel like uh this big growth in dynamic flying do you think it's creating better flyers different flyers different flyers i'll different take that flyers word. is a good you know because uh it's just kind of like it's just a discipline you know it's all flying and it's all preference the more disciplines you do the better flyer you're going to be more rounded uh the thing about dynamic flying, I guess you could say, is efficient. Efficient is the word. They've, they've, whatever the word is, the dynamic flying has shown people that they can fly at the slowest possible speeds. And I never would have thought that I could fly at like 63 and 64% in the tunnel. But it's totally possible. I, I uh, So anyone who doesn't know, uh, John's been coaching me a little bit the last uh, last few weeks. It's been sweet. And I would have told you for sure, seven, below 70%, that I wouldn't. I, I can't fly on my belly below 70% is what I would have told you. For sure. And now you've got me carving around on my head. I was doing direction switches at like 65, I think. Something like that. I would have told you that that was absurd and impossible. And so getting that little bit extra out of what you can do, every little bit extra that you can get out of the slow speed, you then hold on to when you fly at the higher speed. So you don't let go of that lift and power. You instead use it for movement. And that's, that's the heart of what dynamic flying means to me. And the movement, I guess, you know, like from static flying to movement. Hmm. So do you, you feel like... Um the skills that you learn in the slow speed dynamic progression, do you feel like those skills uh, overlap and apply to static flying? This is a good question as well. Yes. Yeah. You're killing it. Nailed it. <laughs> Which brings me to DJ. <laughs> <laughs> DJ. No, no, I'm sorry. That was no, tell him. He needs to know. That was a good question. I, I do need that. Yeah, that I'm at that learning point. Aren't we all? Aren't we all? I'm not going to lie. I made too many jokes. I forgot the question. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. I remember. I remember. I remember. I remember. You know, I wish we I had guess my question wasn't <laughs> as good as you said it was. It was super good. <laughs> you know, learning a slow speed progression takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of time. And I could go off on a lot of tangents here. But I think the, the learning curve for the slow speed is constant. So you're constantly going to be getting better and better and better and better and better. It might be a slow progression, but it, it's not going to plateau off. When you take a high-speed progression, um, you get really good really quick. Just like I'm talking about back in Arizona, you come out and spend a month, and all of a sudden you could go back and you're like one of the man at the drop zone. But when those two points meet, when the two uh, progressions come together, the person who takes a slower route I think is more able more able to go from being so efficient to breaking and flying a static position. But it's harder for someone who had learned a static progression and never learned that speed and power that's possible to, to allow themselves to go that fast. The, like you said, you wouldn't have believed that you could fly under 70%. But it's just, um, so I mean, how, how can you get there if you don't, 
even though your body is going to give you that much more. Like, oh, I was fully at 100% moving to the side. Like, no, you weren't. No, you weren't. Um, so if someone learns on the brakes in a high-speed progression, it's harder for them to accelerate. If someone learns on a sl slow-speed progression and is on a full acceleration, it's easier for them to slow down and brake. So I don't know if I answered the question, but I did talk a while. <laughs> which is, you totally ate up some time. Yeah. That was which is good for beautiful. talk show yeah, hosts. I, <laughs> no dead air. I like that explanation. I, I, I use it in skydiving. There's a potential learning curve and a kinetic learning curve. A potential energy and kinetic energy. And if you want to take that fast learning curve, you're letting your kinetic energy just fly. But you never built up any reserves. You plateau quicker. And, right. and in skydiving, in the tunnel, there's definite danger. Zero doubt about it. I've hit that wall and it does not give up. It does not give back. <laughs> Um, but in the sky, especially with canopies, the danger that da that curve gets even bigger sometimes. For sure, danger curve. And then I tell risk. I tell them the longer you build up your potential energy, the longer you let that kinetic energy build up, your your learning curve is infinite. It's endless. You will have a stronger learning curve at the end. And I think that's I I think that addresses that question really well. Yeah. I want to. It kind of brings me to just one question. Uh, Nick asked. Uh, Nick Nick was running Instagram this week. We take turns to who posts what. What's Instagram? It's uh, no, just kidding. No, old just man kidding. stuff. Yeah. Dude, I don't know. I just started using it. Yeah. Uh, this guy, uh, I'm Sean Kennedy, when learning head down in the tunnel, and, and this we went from static dynamic, but when learning head down in the tunnel, uh, with, with skydiving as your focus, would you rather uh, learn shelf or daffy right away? Oh, that's such a good question. And I've recently um, changed my mind on that one. I used to say all the time that if you learn shelf, it's hard to stop moving forward, right? because there's a wing on the back with your two legs and your two arms in front, and that kind of balances out. But, you know, and then you're locked up with your arms. But if you have a wing in front and a wing in back, then that's just a bit stronger in my mind. But for me, if somebody comes to the tunnel and they want to learn how to fly in their head, um, ability before efficiency. It's like my big quote for coaching, you know. If the guy can't fly in his head, who cares how efficient he is at it? You don't got to make somebody perfect right away. You got to make them able so that you can make them efficient. So at this point, um, you know, a couple of the students that I got right now at the tunnel are learning shelf just because I'm trying to get them as neutral as possible, as quickly as possible, get them a transition, get them a safe transition, get out of their way, show them that they can fly in their head, and then you can start to work. So I think shelf is more symmetrical and easier to pick up. So... Again, there's my spell there. Uh, currently, I would say shelf. Currently, I would say shelf. If you would have asked me seven months ago and the rest of my time before that, I would have said Daffy. And th this is just as it applies to skydiving? Because I, th I just, the, the, the question is, I want to learn how to fly on my head in the tunnel For so that skydiving. I can do it in the sky. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I, I think my opinion on that that very question I would, I would guess I would have to ask another question. Well, what does it look like? What does that skydive look like? Because if you're just going to go on a two-way with, with your buddies or you're going to be on a four-way team, or do you want to be practicing for the next vertical world record? Because I feel like, this is just speaking from the jumps that I've been on, the people who are flying the strongest on a big way usually have a really big daffy going on. Not a big daffy, but that's where, that's where their legs are uh, because of where most people's arms are when you're building a big formation, that your arms are much more out to the side, where I think in shelf it's a lot easier to do a lot more interaction with your hands out in front of you right. with your legs countering that. But if you're just going to take one dock and, and present, I would say the Daffy is a better tool to have. Right. 
Do you have, have you done uh, much big way stuff? I uh, I can't say that I was ever attracted to it. I did a twenty way sit in Arizona. It was like the world record at the time. We did not make it, but up past that, past that, I don't like people up there. When I was jumping, <laughs> if I would be on a load, hey, can I jump with you? Yeah, let's jump. Third person come up. Oh, okay. Fourth person come up. Can I jump with you guys? See ya. I'm out. I just, man, my favorite jumps were the two guys. No plan. But you have that moment when you jump out of the plane, you look at each other, and you're like, whoa, we're about to start ripping. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Not the, okay, let's think about yeah. the th- stuff we were talking about on the ground. Where's that guy? Oh, I it's not into that. Dude, no plan two ways are excellent. Some of my most favorite jumps. Mm. I'd love to <gasps> do that. <laughs> oh! <laughs> uh, no! But, uh, touch me! Oh! Don't touch me. Some, someone who's a, a stronger flyer <laughs> than me, especially. Someone that I can follow. Uh, you're not... Not that it's all follow the leader, but that like someone that I feel comfortable when they take control of whatever move we're about to do next. Man, it's super super fun. It's cool when you can just just uh, stay close and have fun, and you smile and you feel safe, and you're not worried about who else is out there or what's going on. Super fun. Sweet. And I fully support anyone who takes themselves off of any jump because the size is too big or the one dude who you don't trust just just got on there what whatever it is or it's I've, about to be lame yeah or it's about to turn into <laughs> a, a zoo jump or whatever oh, or just oh, it's that guy oh, okay <laughs> but anyway back to the the dude's question I forgot his name uh you know in your thing if if the guy comes to the tunnel and can't fly on his head but is asking how to fly on his head in the sky he needs to walk away from the tunnel with confidence to do what he's going to do in the sky so it, Regardless of the body position, you want that person able in the tunnel. Again, I know I keep coming back to it, but walking away from the tunnel, like, you know what? I did just fly on my head in the tunnel, regardless. And then you can start talking about what's more efficient for what and where. I, I wonder if part of the question for your answer would also be people have different tendencies. Like, I, I learned to fly Daffy years ago on my head. I was barely good enough when I stopped free flying to turn a couple points with a couple friends. And I did one or two head down jumps a year after that. Um, every now and then people will push me to currency to where I do decent. And at some point a buddy, Steve Rozier, got me to start flying shelf on my head. And I just broke. I, it, it broke me and it's because of years of never doing it. And I've tried it on again, off again for years. And the one thing I forgot is I fly Daffy or that's what I flew. And I would just go straddle out there and spread my legs wide. I could not figure out why. Nick, you've been on some of those jumps. Um, why didn't never feel I never felt comfortable. And I've done a couple jumps now back flying Daffy and it's so much more comfortable. I still not I would crash into the walls of the tunnel and leave a bloody mess on the fucking glass. He wouldn't. You wouldn't let me. I've seen him. You wouldn't let me. I've, <laughs> I've seen him. him. He's but good. Daffy. I, 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 you've I never know. seen me on my head. Nick seen me on my head. I'm not good. I think you're more timid than uh, than anything. I'm very uncomfortable and a Hundred percent agree with it. And uh, what, what would you tell uh, someone in an instructor course who said they were uncomfortable? Oh, um, first of all, I would say get current, and that's <laughs> they're already current. Um, breathe, relax. Uh, cue words. We talk about Pavlonian response and coaching. Um, for me, on my head, hips and heels are two cue words. Heath helps me with that. Uh, you know, I don't know if you know Heath Richardson. No, I don't think you do. do you, yeah, you know Heath. Heath, fucking gentleman. Oh, I do know. Yeah, yeah, I do know him. He, uh, yeah. he was a pretty good free flyer back in in the late 90s and still is today but he was my coach back then and today when we fun jump together he reminds me my posture is bad and when i think hips it straightens up my posture top to bottom and when i think heels i start flying my lower part of my legs instead of just my thighs i forget i forget i have calves and feet and shins and stuff 
I just fly from my thighs. And when I think heels, I become more aware of my legs. It's true. So just think of those two keywords, stop overthinking, stop overdoing. And you've seen me in the sky. I overthink like a motherfucker when I'm uncomfortable. That's also among my skills. I don't have many, but overthinking a skill or situation. Oh, you're a champ. Nailed it. Man, <laughs> I wouldn't think I wouldn't take this crew for overthinking. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. Oh, I am I am the same way. <laughs> I think that was sarcasm, Justin. You didn't think that yeah. went through very well. Okay. All no. right. Uh. No, I got it. No. <laughs> no, no, we got it, Kyle. Never sarcastic. Favorite thing to do in the tunnel. I just didn't think it was that funny. Sex? <laughs> have uh, you had no, sex in the tunnel? I'm sorry. I, you know, I had <laughs> Let's I, I'm not going to say I had from. the opportunity, but I was around before there were that many cameras, and I probably could have done something. Oh. Oh, such a mistake. <laughs> such a mistake. Oh, this feels so naughty. Uh, you know, my favorite thing to do in the tunnel is be in the tunnel. I mean, dang. Current. <laughs> Dude, that place changed my world. That place changed my world. I mean, I liked skydiving, and I always liked it as a hobby, but man, when I saw tunnels and I knew that that room existed, that just... That just changed everything for me. So when was your last skydive? That was 2014 San Marcos with my lady. With Miss M. With Miss M. She's such a sweetie. She is sweet. Let's do more of this. Let's talk good about her. That way when I get home, it's just like good times. Yeah, good but this isn't on Facebook yeah, Live right she now. She's also in so s- she's also asleep right now. She's going to have to download <laughs> this later and listen to how and great she of a won't do that. you are. She won't do that. So... On Wh- second thought, why? let's go ahead and talk bad about her. <laughs> <laughs> I have found that I don't think either one of our girlfriends or wives listens to this regularly. They might catch a, spl- a splash here and there, but that's it. Did I tell you about Sam hearing last week's episode? <laughs> I know she tunes in occasionally. She was listening while I was making fun of her. Yes. And that did not go well when I got home. <laughs> really? <laughs> okay, so I told you about... Uh, uh, I'm pretty sure it was Rabbit was here. Yeah, because I was sitting over there. But uh, I told you about uh, Carlos and Fernando were very excited about this video that they had seen online. It was a clothes folding machine. And they run in with this video. It's like an Instagram video that's like, it's just a machine, like a big square machine that folds your clothes for you. You lay your shirt on it and blah, blah, blah. Shirt comes out folded the other end. (laughs) And they were showing me this and losing their mind about how cool it was. And I was like, oh, no, dude, I already I have one of these at home. I have a machine that does this exact same thing. <laughs> and they're like, really? I was like, yeah, except for mine's like little and brown and Filipino. <laughs> and I, I call, I refer to Sam often as my tiny dumb girlfriend. And mm. when I say that, it's very endearing. But not to her. She doesn't get it. <laughs> like I, I mean it as a cute, silly thing, but uh, fully misunderstood. Yeah. I actually watched that video after the podcast and saw her like respond right away. Angry like, hey. emojis. Yeah. Very upset. <laughs> <laughs> so you went home after the podcast and got in trouble. Oh, she was already asleep. Okay. I'm sure tonight you're like, great, it's broken. She'll never see this. Yeah. He'll never know, you tiny little idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's going to tell her. It's fine. <laughs> But uh, shit, how did we get on this? So any, uh, <laughs> we sidetracked yeah, from me that last being a wonderful woman. Oh yeah, yeah. M. 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 She's no, sweet. she really is such She's a sweetheart. Yeah, She's she really, really kind, super nice lady. How did you? How did you meet Miss M? Uh, she came out and got coaching in 2013 from the tunnel. And then you showed her how it was done. I huh? showed her, showed her how to. <laughs> <laughs> I coached her. <laughs> the only student I ever did that with. I'd like to go on the record. Uh, but hey, I picked a good one. Picked a good one to do well, that. Congratulations. With. Yeah, thank you. So how old's your little boy? He's 11 months old. Hmm. 
He seems to be very mm-hmm. fond of you. Yeah, he's cool. You know, and I'm the most <laughs> realistic dad you're ever going to meet. Having a kid's not cool. <laughs> <laughs> in what in what way? In the not lack of cool sleep? All. all those things, all the things. But as a dad, you know, baby comes out, mom's like, oh, I love this thing. It's, it's me. It just came out of me. And the dad's like, damn. It's ugly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that thing. And it just cries. It sucks. And it's just horrible. And that's and when the dad noises start. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but then at like the five or six month mark, something, I don't know, some mark in there, he's going to look at you. You're going to look back at him. And he's going to do something. You're going to be like, okay, that was a little cool. And then over time, <laughs> I think you don't hate them. Right. You know, it's, it's actually really comforting he's to hear gonna, you say He's going to download this in a couple of years. I'm like, dad. Dad, dad you're, you're a, a dick. dick. You don't like me. So you're saying it's like the opposite for the wife. And or the the mother and the father, where the mother loves them and then it fades, and the <laughs> father hates them. And no, that's gets this better. is a really good point. I, I listened to a <laughs> TED talk that talks about this very thing. These these two um, these two parents were giving a TED talk together, and they were talking about a lot of parenting taboos, like things that you really just can't talk about with people because it makes you a bad person. But the woman talked about how fun it was to be pregnant, like being... Call me a bad person. You're Keep not going. <laughs> <laughs> but, but the woman talked you about You want me to turn him down a little bit? <laughs> Can, is there something past mute on him? <laughs> <laughs> Can I get double mute, Nick? So, John, it sure was having, nice having you on the show. DJ. We're going to wrap this up. Can I get Nick canceling headphones? <laughs> God. But I know what you're Sit saying. Sit in the fucking host chair for one night. I'm, You've I'm, become Ben. I'm sorry. I right. <laughs> God, it's oh. worse than I thought. Oh, where's that? Boom, 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 boom. Oh, shit. Hang on. I'll load one up. <laughs> so I, I did download that new soundboard this week. You're at the point now. Hey, I, hold on. Shut the fuck up. I have a question. <laughs> Dude, Nick, so me we're and going DJ, back to his boy and hang? him loving him right now at five months. I'm trying to pick up where you were at. Oh, thank you. I was coming back to you. Yeah, yeah it's cool. So cool. you save that. Okay, yeah. save it. Go for it. No, oh, yeah. Let's hear this stupid you, fucking question. No, you ruined the moment. Oh. Okay, so I was listening <laughs> to this TED Talk presented by these two parents, right? Woman was talking about how fun it was to be pregnant, that wow. being in public, that she got a lot of public recognition of, oh, when's it due? Yada, yada. She felt important and special and significant being pregnant. And then she had the baby. Postpartum depression. No one pays attention to her anymore. She's not cute in public anymore. Now she's just a lonely lady with a baby. And so the mom talked about all this stuff. And then the dad talked about the uh, kind of that feeling of everyone says you're sp- you're going to be so in love with your baby the moment that you see the baby. Nope. And the dad was <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. but that's what this dad said is like it wasn't like that. Like nope. I didn't have this overwhelming. You know, he he described it as being hit in the face by a semi truck of love. He's like, I didn't have that moment. <laughs> nope. And then he's like, but then he really grew on me. Yeah, that's that's what happens. You know, uh, favorite moment with Jack so far. What's it been? Oh, man, he did pick up those two chicks at the at the ice cream place. <laughs> I, mean, I just can't tell you how smooth got, he was about gotta that. Got to admire that. Because right before it happened, I literally said, "I'm going to teach him how to get those girls." And then he just he just like saw my finger locked eyes with those girls and they just walked over and I just I was like oh damn pure I'm, magnetism I'm gonna ask that kid how to get those girls <laughs> how'd you do that son telepathically hollered at those bitches that's what happened yeah so where are you Beautiful. at with him right now um uh, well right now his uh M's with him and I'm with you guys <laughs> <laughs> no, no, mostly like. So, do you look forward to sharing certain I parts of your life him. with That's him, like bunk or the tunnel, Dude, or you know picking up chicks? You know, it's crazy. He's been in, in the tunnel three times. I'm just gonna po- point that out. Is already. that true? That is 100 percent true. Um, <laughs> what does he wear? His clothes. <laughs> <Make it. laughs> Nothing. 
Um, At least his diaper, please. <laughs> you know, Can you imagine just a stream of baby diarrhea. You don't have to imagine it. <laughs> I got the video. No. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm at the point where, you know, tomorrow's my day off with Jack, and man, I'm looking forward to it. What can I say? Like he's pretty much my favorite person to hang out with. He doesn't talk, which is <laughs> weird because I'm on this talk show, and I can't say I really like talking, man. It, I always feel like 1% of the day maybe did you have a real conversation with somebody and it was like real genuine. And, you know, just the fact that that kid doesn't make words yet and just kind of just, uh, sounds <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I just figured it out. I'm you talking to him. Dad and, and baby sounds. Yeah. <laughs> Same language. Oh, <laughs> that's where the noises have come from. I didn't understand. Speaking his language. <laughs> and that might have been the 1% of the day that matters because now at the end of the day, I'm going to be like, now I know how to talk to Jack. <laughs> <laughs> go to him tomorrow and be like, like Ooh. Uh, <laughs> he's gonna go uh, ah. na 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 na. Um, well, that's an interesting point. Yeah. <laughs> that's um, men grunt communications. That's great. <laughs> yeah, but no, yeah, I, I love the little guy. Uh, he's cool. Stephen and I actually, I think I men- mentioned this to you that we had a conversation about you. Thought Steven. you were gonna say that you had a baby. We had a baby. It's beautiful, <laughs> little brown baby. I don't know which one of us. Stephen. At work. Yeah, Stephen Boyd. Stephen Boyd Jr. Stephen Boyd who's Jr. Who's mentioned on many of our podcasts, who uh, we hope to get him on as a guest someday. But we were talking about you, because I was talking about flying in the tunnel. And uh, we both admired your ability to just shut up and like have a moment of silence, like a silent pause, where no one's got to talk and it's just comfortable. And you have that look on your face that you have right now, a little yeah. derpy. Mm, derpy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I appreciate that. You know, you said that to me the other other day. And yeah, I re- yeah, I did mention it to you because you talked about music a little re- bit too, right? really took it as a compliment. Uh, I pause usually just because I'm dumb. <laughs> 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 no, I just try to find the right word. You know, I always uh, think somatics are really important. And the, the, the words that you choose really, really can make or break if you connect to somebody. So I, I always try to take weight in the fact that someone's allowed me the opportunity to talk to them. And especially when they give me their full attention, I try to honor that attention and time by giving them, you know, the best possible uh, word. <laughs> word. <laughs> word. <laughs> That's the one thing I remember meeting you that stood out is you were, it, it was easy to engage with you because you were an extremely nice guy. Oh. Thank you. It's hard to lock into conversation with unless some you're hosting a podcast and he's a little bit rude to you, <laughs> <laughs> or teaching you how to become an instructor. And I just got to be rude. Or really, if you're getting coaching from me, sometimes it's just got to be called straight. Like, dude, that was weak. All right, <laughs> a little less Nick. A little less Nick. It's hard to keep locked into somebody when you talk to them sometimes because they won't engage. And I think people will engage with you because you're very open to engagement. You're like when when I talk to you. You're digesting and earnestly receiving information coming to you. You might think he's an idiot while you're doing it. How did he know? <laughs> I recognize that look. My Get wife gives it to me a lot. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Hey, you know, to go full circle uh, again, I wanted to thank you because it was in 2010 at Nationals when we when you remember meeting me and we mm-hmm. met again. And uh, yeah, I remember all those times that we engaged one another and sat there and talked and I was going through the emotions of competing and you were just like a you were just like a coach, man. You were just like, keep it steady. That's what gets you medals. Blah, blah, blah. It was cool, man. I appreciate that time. 
So uh, you competed on a VFS team, correct? I, I was the cameraman, so it's kind of like, you know, I watched the VF, VFS team. But, I mean, the cameraman can make or break the whole competition. That's true. It can be the hardest you don't, you don't get that shot, it doesn't matter what the fuck anybody else is doing. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I was on the team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Arizona Drive, right? Arizona Drive. Man, he did do research. How'd you know that? Uh, well, I was on a VFS team also. Uh, that's how kind of my tunnel flying adventure started. Uh, ben Roan and uh, Dito Reese also flies in the Utah tunnel. For sure. Yeah, me, Ben Reese, and uh, Mike Chapman, who uh, owns Skydive Utah now. He hasn't done too much else in the tunnel flying world. But we had a four-way team the year after uh, Devin Roan, Kai Kai... Dusty and Ryan had their four-way VFS team. So I followed pretty closely some of the VFS teams. And I knew who Arizona Drive was. I just didn't know that you uh, were part of that team until the other day when I did some uh, some research. Well, that's cool. Where but, did you uh, go? Yeah, you guys were a pretty good team, huh? They, uh, You know, I keep saying they. No, you were on the <laughs> team. <laughs> yeah, we were a good team. What, what can I say? You know, there was like six teams competing and we got third. I don't know. I don't mean to always second guess what, everything. What, what year is that? It was 2010, 2011. 2010 we was Chicago. Chicago in 2011, 2011 was Eloy. Eloy. Yeah. I will. I, I So when you reintroduced yourself to me in, in Chicago, the engagement made me a fan right away. I'm like, I, I got to cheer this motherfucker on. So I followed you guys and I followed you the next year. So you say we were third, but there were six teams. I don't know. 50% sounds like a mediocre number, but you guys weren't 50% statistically like points. You guys did well. You know, you were definitely a new team, but I, I was hoping you guys stuck together because watching the team grow in those two years and seeing everything go, I mean, you guys you guys did well and had shitloads more potential. That's cool. Yeah, it was good times. Uh, we the People rotated. I mean, it's just like anything else. Keeping, keeping a team together is just like keeping a family together. But, yeah, I appreciate all that. I appreciate that. It was such a good time. And those guys treated me with such respect. I had so low numbers. I was literally at the 200 um, jump mark when I was doing that. And, uh, you know, it's easy for people like that to discount you when you got low jump numbers. I mean, I'm, I'm sure that first day they let me fly with them, some of the guys were like, this guy ain't going to cut it. But, you know, a couple of the guys stuck up for me and... It was good times. You know, I was basically getting canopy coaching at nationals. <laughs> <laughs> Flare! Uh -oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. Sweet, thanks. <laughs> so <laughs> how, how long had you been a tunnel instructor at this point? Uh, it's three years in the tunnel. Three, oh, cool, okay. Three or four years So you had some tunnel. skills? Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, it was a good time. So from the time you started in the tunnel to the time you were flying head down in the tunnel... How long did that take for a you? Year. A, a year, a year for me. right? That was slow. That's sure. and that's not a surprise because that see, then that was a really normal time, wouldn't you say? Like that's a probably normal length of a progression. You know, in my mind, I was one of the slower ones learning. Uh, you know, the tunnel was slow. I weighed more than I ever weighed out there at that time. It's hard to learn a new skill in a slow tunnel if you weigh twenty or thirty pounds over what you could. But uh, yeah, yeah, I learned. I, I thought I was slow. I thought I was slow. I felt like I learned pretty slow also. Yeah. I feel like I continue to learn slow. But it teaches you all the ways to not do it. It also teaches you patience, which is something that Ray told me right away. He said, these are the golden years. You don't know how to do them, these things. So as you learn, you can easily, more easily relate to people who don't know how to do them. So I always kept that in mind when I was doing bad so that I could then um, 
get people to do the best that they could when they were going through it, understanding that it's not easy. I mean, I always say it here, you know, when I'm walking around Memorial, hey, man, I'm not good. I just got way more time than everybody else. Like you couldn't you couldn't do you couldn't do this for as many hours as I did and and not get good. I mean, you would have to try not to get good and do as many hours as I did. So I always kind of saw that as a strength to learn slow so that you could then um, teach. You at least get it thoroughly, right? If you have to grind out every second yeah. of it. Yeah, yeah. So you worked for the Arizona Tunnel, which I don't know how many uh, people listening to this will uh, know what corporately owned tunnels and what the franchise tunnels are, the, the difference. But Skydive, uh, or Skyventure Arizona is just owned by the drop zone there, right? That's right. And now these new tunnels, iFly, the corporation, owns most of them. Most of them. So what's the contrast like between working for a corporate and non-corporate tunnel? Well, I, I suppose that answer is just like working for anything. Like if you're working for a corporation or for uh, a small family, you know, there's benefits of each. Um, is the man trying to get you down? <laughs> always. <laughs> <laughs> stick it to the man. Always, <laughs> always. So I I personally preferred working for someone that I knew and that like, you know, if there was emergency in the family, they might actually know that person and could have compassion for you rather than working as like a number and all that. So just personally, I, I prefer to work for someone rather than something, you know. I know it's not a thing, but it's kind of like a thing, right? You know, I've met uh, the CEO of iFly, Mr. Dave Kirchhoff, is the new CEO. Look at you go. Replacing uh, Alan Metney. Yeah. Is he strong? Dude, he is fucking jacked for an old yeah. guy. He's strong. Yeah, he is really strong. He uh, wasn't the nicest guy when I first met him. And so I'm in the hallway. I was just going to, to iFly corporate headquarters to interview him. And I saw him in the oh, hallway. I didn't. Me. That was a bad sound, too. <laughs> 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 but I didn't know this guy from anybody else. I just said, hey, sir, how's it going? Good morning. Didn't know him. Didn't know this was the guy I was going to be interviewing in 20 minutes. Didn't know him from anybody else. Thought I was saying good morning. And he was super short with me. Not friendly. Did not return my friendly gesture. And I was like, oh, well, whatever. That guy's probably going to have a bad day. <laughs> and then 20 minutes later, he's sitting down across from me with, with a camera. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you're the guy from the hallway. Oh, yeah. And he's All having right. a bad day because yeah. he's across from me. Yeah, you. exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, uh, he, he's a nice guy. And, uh, you know, you can tell he comes from pretty serious uh, business background. I just think that the one thing that's missing from some of those corporate iFly people is just the passion about flying, the love for flying. and the For sure. The uh, understanding of uh, what it's like to be standing in the wind for 40 hours a week. I have no idea. I have no idea. You know, just over time, less people that are passionate about it. I hate to use that word. Even just familiar with it. Um, skydivers have just slowly gotten away from the company. So in the in the corporate world, there's more business people and more people think about in a business mindset. You know, I went up to HR and they said, in a corporate world, you're only allowed to touch somebody on the shoulder. <laughs> and I And I said... <laughs> What about when I'm in FITP and I knock the bejesus out of somebody? Like, <laughs> is, is am I allowed to do that? Did you ask him this? Really? I did. Yes, I did. And now I'm sitting here <laughs> trying to remember the question, the answer, and it was for sure just a politician answer. Like, well, it just depends on the individual, you know. Like, oh well, that doesn't really help me. I'm just going to go hit this guy then. <laughs> you know, I, I, think, I think my specific question was is a lot of times I push people over by the chest and we're hiring a lot of girls. So where do I push a girl? <laughs> On the but chest? You're meaning this is in training, right? This is an important part of learning how to, how to get strong in the wind. Right? Oh, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like you're just pushing people over for the fun of pushing no, people over. This is a, no. this is an actual necessary skill. For sure. Like it's like a 
you go see, go to iFly with your family and you see this instructor just get leveled by this 13-year-old. So, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait to get in there with that guy. <laughs> Is that so, my instructor? Oh, great. I didn't know we were talking about Brockton. Awesome. Oh, <laughs> yes. I just I just want to yeah. stop right there and say Brockton's awesome. Dude, Brockton is awesome. He's one of Dang. my favorite people. He's just amazing. I was happy that I could uh, help him uh, be pushed your way. Oh, yeah, I appreciate that. But uh, no, all, all jokes aside, did you you approach with this question though? You you came to HR with this question? I or? was I was in an HR meeting and for sure I brought it up. Okay. And yeah, I'm you know I don't even really recall the answer because it was such a indirect answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because nobody wants to put their name on something like, oh, yeah, for sure. You're allowed to grab a chit by the tits and throw it across the tunnel. Uh, no, you're not allowed to do that. Hurl that bitch across the tunnel. Probably not. I don't know. You know what you need to do is up your throat chop game. Just chop them, karate chop them right in the throat. There there you go. You don't need to push anyone to the chest when you just karate chopped them in the throat. You know, I'm pretty quick to admit, um, you know, probably to a fault that admit that things are my fault, you know, when I do something wrong. And man, I threw a spot today on Nick and boy, did I miss. And I just, I just, for lack of a better word, I just Superman punched this dude from the ring. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what, what orientation are you in at this moment? I'm like uh, head down-ish, hand forward. I'm trying to thread my hand into his armpit so he can make, his, make a solid catch and get his hand placement right. And I just miss and just... Just punch him straight in the tit. And I hate to keep using the word tit, but it was for sure his tit. (laughs) I'm pretty sure I was dropping pretty hard, and it just all concentrated into my fingers and into his chest. So, Was this the guy you were training? Yeah, this is Nick right now. Nick right now. He looked... He looked pretty happy about it. Did he file a, an HR report that I think you he did, touched but him inappropriately? With, with the bureaucracy, I'll get fired in like uh, six to seven months. So <laughs> I'm going to ride this out as long as I can. Beautiful. Yeah. I know uh, spinning out of control in free fall, an instructor hits my hand regularly. And when a student gets contact with something that they don't expect, they commonly like push it away. And there's nothing I enjoy more than face palming a candidate in free fall and pushing them <laughs> face first away from me. It's just so fun. You do that, don't you? Uh, all the time. All the time, man. For sure. This is bringing back memories. Like, oh. oh, you were one of them. Yeah. I was one of those assholes. Man, he face palmed you? It doesn't yeah, happen I'm to everybody. Bitch. I got bitch slapped a few you times. You have to get into that range. I don't like reach <laughs> for and like place it, but if your hand this is... This is during an base. AFF course? Yeah. yeah. Justin, I have this doll. Show me. Show me where you. Where, show me where you. <laughs> show me where the squinty-eyed gentleman touched you. In, in FITP, have you ever been jacked in the nuts by somebody you were training? Not really. I mean, yeah, yeah, but not really. Not as much as the other dudes. Which I, I was just thinking, if my number is so low, why is your number so high? Like, Dude, it's, why does it keep happening to you? I think it's because you're. You, I mean, you're a tall gentleman. Your junk's a little bit further away from the net. Maybe that has something to do with it. I think it protects it. I think it protects it. That's what it does. And anyway. No. Yeah. Answer that question. You look know. like Cosmo Kramer. True or false? It's true. True. <laughs> Especially right <laughs> now. So true. Which is, which is probably, you know, I, I was going to bring it up. Like, I don't want to have my hair this long right now. I know I start to look like Kramer. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. But I don't have time to go to the barber. Kramer dad <laughs> noise. <laughs> because tomorrow I'm alone with Jack. So I don't know. Maybe I could take him to the barber. But, dude, what if there's chicks there? No, that'd be, that'd be all right. <laughs> there's never <laughs> chicks at the barber shop. You know, I found out the other day. Barber shop means. You're not going to the right ones, that, dude. That means male place. And That's sexist. And salon means girl place. So if you go to the barber shop, 
That's a male place. Did you know that? Google I didn't know it. that. Google have it. You, have you seen the top of my head? I don't know where the barbershop <laughs> is. <laughs> it's been many years since I've had the privilege of oh using man. one. Yeah, me too. It's I happening. I went and got my beard trimmed recently, so I have been to a barbershop once. And it was a barbershop, a men's barbershop, and it was full of lady barbers. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. So that's well, All the ones I go to are full of lady barbers. I mean, I well. feel like that's part of my selection criteria. Uh, does it say barbershop up front, <laughs> or does it say... So long. It actually well, says Roosters shop. Men's Grooming. Yeah. Yeah, that's some chain stuff, though, right? So, of course. That is a chain. True. I'm just saying, like, if you go to a barbershop, there's going to be one old man in there. Yeah, I go to Cutthroat <laughs> Barbershop, all right? Is that true? Yeah. That's a great name. It's really nice. Yeah, it's, marketing. Too. it's a yeah. horrible name. I can't <laughs> bring somebody to trim my beard for me. A, have you normally seen my beard? I just can't trim it myself either. You can see your own beard. Why don't you cut it yourself? That's, uh, so I do. Having another man trim your beard is like having another man please your lady. I tried it once That's and it was true. not. It's tough though. What it was worth. Like to get the angle right and all that, you need that outside perspective. Yeah, you just get a mirror. You look at it over here. You look at it over here. Nailed it. I that's what yes. What do you you just set your trimmer in one thing and that's not that's true all. at all. <laughs> that's what it looks like. Well, maybe my beard game's not as strong as I thought. <laughs> hmm. So uh, you and Jack tomorrow. What's uh? What's on the itinerary? Yeah. What's the agenda? Probably gonna make some sounds with them. <laughs> <laughs> now that you know you have a language, <laughs> I mean, uh. you know, I was thinking about gonna, I was thinking about going uh. and taking him fishing, but he's just not that good yet. So <laughs> I'll probably do. If he catch, catches a fish, he's gonna get pulled into the water. Hey, how about you catch the fish and he'll catch the ladies? What's oh, he? What's he gonna do? <laughs> what's he gonna do? I'm catching the fish though. He's Eleven months old. What does he eat right now, dude? He is he just on the breast milk? Nope. He eats uh, better than anybody I know, and. Uh, so I've started to try to eat like him, and he just eats most things, but but pl- bland, dude. Vegetables like you, vegetables, <laughs> meat, <laughs> bland shit like you. Yeah, yeah. You told me you eat that stuff. That man, that's the way to eat. Vegetables, meat, whatever. Simple. I am a simple food man. Yeah, I try to be. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Jack sounds cool. He's small like me. He eats like me. You need a babysitter. And you are, you have had a vasectomy. Yeah, so I'm not going to get him pregnant. So it's okay. Wh- wait That's, a minute. You're not allowed. Oh. <laughs> anywhere. You know, you know, there's some things that are funny, and then there's some things that are really yeah, I, funny. I, I forget. But you're not supposed to say those things. I, I forget that people, like, once people have children, it feels, it feels like there's this level of, uh, like, this area of humor that you just kind of got to dial back because the shit gets real. It's like, to me, that's not a real statement to make because I don't have kids. I don't know what it's like to love a tiny person that's part of you. You know, I don't know. Everybody that's, that's like. been with you knows what that's like. <laughs> and it feels a lot like disappointment. You know it's like to love a tiny person. Bum, 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 bum. Tiny brown one. Oh yeah, that is true. Yeah. But I, was, I mean, she's not composed fifty percent of my DNA, and the uh, <laughs> heir to my legacy. <clears throat> you know, my whole plan was to come on here and like not be rude to you, Nick, specifically. <laughs> Why? <laughs> but I don't know what's happened. I don't know what's happened. So you you overthought it. it. You thought too much about what you weren't gonna do, and then you did it. I was like, I'm gonna be class act, class act all the way. <laughs> Great timing. That's my new soundboard. <laughs> great timing. That's my great timing. <laughs> oh, man. I really can hook up a soundboard through that computer. Yeah, I system. think it's funnier through my phone because it's <laughs> shitty this yeah. way. That's half the fun of it. Yeah. I was going to ask. Um, so, Jack, you've had him in the tunnel. I hate you all so much. <laughs> <laughs> I've had him in the tunnel. Got all Three of them. times. Three times. Wind barely blowing. One time with the wind on. It was like at 12%. The other time, no wind. 
you know, just like everything else is about gradual. What is he able to do? If I go put that kid in the helmet, he's not going to be happy. And I've seen <laughs> instructors put their two or three year old in the tunnel and those kids do not go in the tunnel anymore. So three times, the one time we turned the wind to like 12% and he liked it. I got to say he liked it. What orientation did you hold him in at that All point? All of them. Layouts, buddy. <laughs> Layouts the you you flew him. I mean, it's not, not really, really fluent. Him, but but I mean, yeah, I sit like, there. And, I sit there and fly him on the couch all the time. Yeah. His front layout game is crazy. <laughs> He's crazy, man. He looks all the way back the whole way. <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> man, it's taken me way more than eleven months to do a very bad job of of looking back. Man, on the on the on that subject, just not not to go off on no. uh, tunnel flying or skydiving. I don't know where I am right now, but front layouts are the hardest, man. Front layouts are the hardest. What specifically about a front layout makes it difficult, or what part of the move do people struggle with? You know, I think uh, just at the higher end, if you go through a front layout in, in front of somebody when you're flying a two-way dynamic go session and you throw a front layout at 95%, I mean, you're just going to lose everybody. You're just going to lose everybody. Why is it scary? This might go off on a tangent too, but nobody likes to fly on their belly. You know, everybody likes to fly on their back. So anytime you go to a belly orientation in the tunnel, you just have the potential to really lose people. But back to the original thing, front layouts. Why are they so hard and so scary? I don't know. You got to go forward and up and down while not seeing the wall right in front Wait, of you. Wait, forward and up? And down. Hang on. Where's the forward? Hmm. Oh, forward and you up and down and blind. And you just blind. go everywhere, okay. man. You just go everywhere. Uh Imagine being up in one corner of your room, <laughs> right? <laughs> like you're flying in a room, right? And now you're going to go to the opposite corner into the floor. So you're up on one corner in the ceiling, and now you're going to go to the caddy corner. And you try to track that way on your belly while looking there. I mean, that's basically what a front layout is. And then you got three of your buddies trying to do the same thing behind you? Yeah. But yeah. you want to dodge that wall at the end. Hmm. You know, redirect yourself before something happens. Redirect yourself. That sounds scarier now that you, yeah. I was trying to picture it. You were you helped me there a little bit, Nick, with your hand hand puppets. Do you make sound effects in your helmet when you constantly? <laughs> you know, I never I never ride with music because I think you need audio confirmation you're doing it right. Sometimes when you hear the wind goes, you just know you're hitting it right, and you know it's just another distraction having headphones in. So I I like to I like to hear the wind as I go through it, for sure. Do you are you wearing earplugs still though or no? I wear earplugs and I also have like uh, inserts in my helmet that are like cans, so mm -hmm. I have like double ear protection because I enjoy my hearing quite a lot. So yeah, but I can still man, and then sometimes when you're flying with somebody, it's <laughs> random dad noises. Those aren't dad noises. Those are. Uh, those are intention noises, man. Like um, ugh, that way, you know, like I don't know, like a tennis girl getting at it. That's right, man. I love women's tennis. Dang, I had to go off on another ten. God, is it the skirts? It's just the whole thing. It's the skirts and the grunting. They just care so much. <laughs> you I know, love how you belittle it. Not like, to not they to bring actually up, care about. Not it. to bring up controversy <laughs> and to further belittle women tennis players, but I heard. That there was I don't a understand why that's belittling. Sorry, a, I a, a <laughs> transgendered man become a woman tennis player who wasn't that great of a male tennis player and has been beating the shit out of some lady tennis players. I'd hate to get. Don't in. know if that's true. Yeah, because he's a dude. I'd hate to get into politics <laughs> about anything with anybody or ever talk about stuff. Have but you ever thought about becoming a transgendered person? 
only for the tunnel competitions. <laughs> yeah, you'd probably win the ladies only competition. But the girls are good flyers, man. I do highly admire the uh, style and prettiness of the way that a lot of those ladies move. Because sure. I do not move that way. The flexibility and just the shapes that they can make. Yeah, I can't do that. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I think I think girls are, <laughs> are really just amazing flyers. They uh not to sit here and talk about the difference between boys and girls, but there is one. They they just fly uh <laughs> they just fly with I feel uh, like there's more than one. You know with Grace, like finesse. Grace. Grace is the word. And you know, grace turns into speed too. So with dynamic flying if girls Gets disciplined about it, they have the potential to be super fast. Super fast. Yeah. What part of flying are you burned out about talking about? Like, what? <laughs> I actually, w- I was watching an interview. This is where this question comes from. I was wa- watching a rapid fire interview earlier. Right. And uh, this person does a lot of interviews. And the question they were asked was, What interview question are you most tired of hearing? That one. <laughs> You know, that's a good question. I don't think it's any one specific thing. I don't like people uh, talking about things as if they're absolute. So if I hear anybody saying things like it's an absolute, I struggle with that. You know, I might talk about a specific discipline and say this thing is efficient and something that I'm striving for, but I don't like it when I hear something like, if you go forward on your belly, you must put your legs out. I just think to myself, no, that's not true. You, You don't have to do that. You could just bring your hands back or you know like I, I had a kid one time tell me you can just put your head down and like pitch yourself forward and go forward and I, when, when that kid said that to me i thought oh i was going to tell you to put your legs out but why don't you go do that <laughs> so when i hear people talk at the tunnel or you know when i used to be at the drop zone i just don't like anybody saying things like you must like uh like this is the only way it might be the way you must do it if you're trying to learn a specific discipline or try to get efficient about it but man the more ways you can get it done the better the more ways you can get it done the better so i don't like i don't like hearing people defeating other people by making it sound like they have to do it this way or they're wrong if that makes sense and i can relate that to most people if i talk about belly flying 101 you know, back to this guy's question. What's better for the sky, to be in Daffy or Shelf? What should you learn in the tunnel first? You know, if you think back to it, and man, I might spark something here with DJ, because I've noticed when I say this with uh, AFF instructors, it starts a debate. But um, think to yourself, what's better, Boxman or Mantis? And I'm just trying to think of an example. Well, what's better? Do you, do you look down or do you look up for stability? I argue a lot of the times that stability doesn't come from the body position it just kind of comes from the person being comfortable um so when a student specifically at that that crucial time has like five jumps and they're and they're trying to learn how to go forward and you're in the tunnel with them and you say like uh you know um, hey bring your hands back because you identified that that body position will go forward faster because they have weight on their arms, right? And so you choose this. And but the, but they're thinking about back to the drop zone when their AFF instructor said you must put your legs out to go forward, and you just see them glaze over, not see you, put their legs out, and just fly forward into the wall and not be in the moment. Like um, went off on a tangent there. I forgot what I was talking about. Oh, I want to kind of park on that with you for a second. Let's go. Oh, is this the debate <laughs> beginning right <laughs> now? No, it's, 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 so first of all, everybody fucking learns different, and that's my favorite part of there teaching. Is I I learn more and more to adapt more and more. The human mind is a complex puzzle. It's the most complex puzzle I've ever met, 
and I love puzzles and how do I connect to you? How do I make you understand this? So part is what's better is sometimes for you and me are two different things. Right. Um, and then from th- from there, it's what you, you were very, you said it, it depends on what you're trying to learn, specific act- actions. For skydiving, there's reasons we want people to use their legs. But at the same time, if a student figures out another way to do it that's safe, mom, you like, you have control. That's it's. There's 20 ways to skin a cat. Five are great. Five are good. Five are acceptable. Don't do the five bad ones and don't tell my wife we're skinning cats. It's it's just get the job done. And if that's how they work out, it's. I like that idea. I like that statement. That's the thing I've always noticed is your flexibility. You can put your leg. No. Uh, When you talk to people. I like the openness. (laughs) (laughs) The the not one-sided like. No video, unfortunately. Yeah, you mean like what he's doing right now? Check this out. Check this out. I didn't realize you were a contortionist. That's beautiful. Yeah, that's amazing. I'm actually working on it, which is kind of weird, right? But anyway, that's a whole other story. And not a joke, but. Okay, so. DJ, let's have this talk. And I know this is where I'm going to sound naive, and I, I am. I am naive. If you're going through AFF, must you put your left hand forward to pull? It's easier for most people to learn that. So if, I, if my right hand comes back to deploy, my left arm stays out to my side, and the chances of me not staying completely stable are going to increase. Right. The more stable you are, the better a parachute opens. Fortunately, we have young jumpers on parachutes that open good almost no matter what. You know, other parachutes more temperamental. The left hand, so if I bring one hand back, I have half my drag. Throwing that hand up like you're raising it, asking a question, balances that drag by elongating the body. It's the easiest, stable way. Low mass, high drag. In other words, my torso's low. I'm keeping my hand high to the sky, so it, it gives me the, the shuttlecock, the badminton birdie effect. Um, but... Cock. I've calm <laughs> myself. I commonly just push down on my arm a little bit. I commonly just grab air with my shoulders a little bit to keep myself from going head low. Right, for sure. So, is it the only way? No, absolutely not. Well, and going through like what? my first uh, AFF mentor jumps where we jump with two instructors. Like when you're new to Spaceland as an AFF instructor, we jump with someone on main side, someone on reserve side. Can't tell you how many times I was on reserve side. And basically had the student in a half Nelson keeping them from rolling over because they weren't extending their arm to get that balance. This is what I usually get. I was just going to say, DJ's response was the first time I think ever I've gotten that response from an AFF instructor. And this is 100% the response that I get, which is um, cool. I like the debate. Um, And I've never been a part of an AFF jump, and I would love to be. You know, I learned on a static line, so I really don't know. And, man, not to go off on a tangent tangent but my very first pull pull and free fall i did a front flip because i learned on static line and i had no idea and the dude told me to look at my chest and grab that handle that was on my chest so i looked and i did a front flip and i saw my bag go over me while i was on my back so um but it's kind of like uh for sure the aff instructor is like you go hold somebody who doesn't put their left hand out that's gonna suck and i just have nothing against that like you're you're 100 right but my point, my big point here is free fall wise. I use the I use the the bike. If you take your right hand off off the off the bike, you don't have to then do something with the left hand. You just need to stay balanced and be aware of yourself as you do that thing, you know. And maybe maybe the thing is to put your left hand out. Maybe the thing is to um, not, you know. Uh, I feel like a lot of what I've seen is, is 
they get super excited and, and quick and herky-jerky with their movements. They're not slowly reaching back and pulling. If they were doing that, they probably wouldn't have to counter as much. That's right. But I, they get really jerky with their head going low that they, they need that counterweight. I think we got to be prepared for it. And I think, John, you would agree that most people benefit easiest or learn easiest to raise their hand. But I've had plenty of students go to deploy and grab air a different way, not by intention, not by design. They just understood how to hold their balance. And I love, um, I can't remember the guy there. I I wish I remember his name. He helped create Spaceland's program. And he always referred to it as the balanced body position. He hated the word arch. Beautiful. And I've seen some people in free fall with their (laughs) butt in the fucking sky, not arching for shit in AFF. But they think they are. flying. They don't even think they are. And they're flying. Yeah. And I thought you were talking about some of our tandem instructors. <laughs> oh. and, uh, I don't even know these people. <laughs> <laughs> people will tell me, aren't you going to tell him to arch? I'm like, no, he's flying. He's super stable. Why am I going to break him? Now, yeah. can he get more efficient? You said it earlier. Can he get more efficient in a different way? Right now, you got to be capable before you become efficient. So don't force him to learn your way. Force yourself to teach him a way that works for them. Awesome. And that's why I think you're preaching. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And it goes back to what you were saying earlier. As long as you're comfortable and relaxed, it it doesn't really matter what you do if it works for you. It works. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and to say to say it maybe a different thing or to say it another way. I remember teaching AFF instructors in the I'm sorry, teaching AFF students in the tunnel and struggling with them for like 20 minutes in the tunnel and then bringing in anybody else who was going to fly in the tunnel for a first time flyer class (laughs) and just they would just murder them and could get through the progression of a belly flyer. You know, I can go forward, back, left, right, up, down. Five minutes. And then at the 10-minute mark, could do range of motion with their arms and, like, put their hand out and shake your hand without freaking out. (laughs) And, you know, I think a lot of it just comes down to the, like I said, the thing off Nick's question, that people get kind of ruined thinking that they, they have to do it this way or there's no other way. Man, breathe when you put your hand back. They get in their own heads too much. Yeah, dude. It doesn't matter if you put your hand out if you don't know what you're doing when you put your hand out. Like, balance is the big word. Balance, comfort. Um, here, here. Let, let's. Uh, I had a question. What's you? What part of skydiving are aren't you guys thrilled about anymore? You know, same way question you had, but backwards. Gosh. Uh, Forward. That's a hard Straight. one to to answer because I really enjoy. I really enjoy almost all of my interaction with skydiving. That's why I shoot video and I'm not an instructor. Is because I I feel like doing tandems. I've I've seen too many tandem instructors get burnt out and have that be their the only their only connection to skydiving is taking a stranger out of an airplane and get burnt out. And uh, I'm pretty good at stressing myself out. Pretty good at overthinking things. So that's why I just don't know that I would make the best AFF instructor, or that it, even if I was good at it, that I don't know that it would. Uh, help with my sanity all that much i might uh, be able to stress myself out beyond the point of being able to enjoy it so because i get to you know i get to shoot video i get to have fun with people who are out there to have fun for the first time and then i get to kind of participate on fun jumps and whatever you know extent i choose to i have a really good relationship with skydiving i guess if i had to pick one thing that i didn't like i would say uh the constant (laughs) whining and negative attitudes that seem to be prevalent in skydiving that we're either too slow or too busy, it's too hot, it's too cold, it's too this, it's too that, that uh, for how spoiled we are, for what we get to do for 
you know, to make a living, that there are more people that are just content with it. It seems like everybody's wanting constantly, and uh, it's hard to stay positive around that all the time. Yeah, well. So uh, I would say spoiled fucking skydivers that don't realize how uh, how cool their life is is probably the hardest thing for me to deal with every day. Wow. You know, that was uh, that was deep, man. Sorry, that was long. You know, no, it was like uh, more. That That's was more about said. life. That was more about life than the drop zone. You know, if you walk around and uh, oh, I, I don't like the I don't like the winter because it's too cold. Uh, I, I don't like the summer because it's too hot. Oh, it's spring. Oh, I just wish I was happy. You know. You know just what? Like I don't like yourself. your negative fucking attitude. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that was good, DJ. It's 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 very much a similar answer, but for me, it's similar answer because a lot of it's life. I. Uh, about two, three, two, three years ago, uh, I would have had a very different answer than I have today. And, and Nick's known me closer than most anybody in this room during those, I think everybody in this room in those two and three years, and I think you've seen some of it. Um, today, man, I about, basically when this show started, there was a reignition of my passion. My fire was really dwindled. My, my, my love for the sport was really kind of burnt out. And I was closing in on 20 years in the sport, and I just, man, it was just the whole thing was running down on me. And I'm not sure what happened. Part of it was reflection of this is my 20th year. I've entered like I'm about to be at 20. And uh, looking back at the reward and the riches I've gotten from my life, the, the friends, the connections I've made, you know, the, the every interaction I've had with you has been something I've actually really enjoyed and cherished. You know, Nick, uh, absolutely one of my, my best, closest friends. These guys that come in and out of my life are phenomenal. These gals, I met my wife through skydiving. Yeah. And so now I'm back to that very passionate side that there's not much skydiving wise. But like Nick, mine is, is is people, and it's the entitled jumpers. It's the jumpers who think they deserve this, and, and it's whether I make this much money, so I, I deserve this, or whether it's, and sorry to pick on your world, but you have the same thing. It's other flyers coming to the other environment saying, but I'm a skydiver, you should let me do whatever I want, but I'm a tunnel flyer, you should let me do whatever I want, or I deserve this. And th- there's no doubt those people have more they they have more ability, but there's the, the entitlement they get with that. Yeah. Like I, I one thing I've tried to always do, and I think I'm successful at, is when I come to the tunnel, I'm in your house. If I'm trying to coach with somebody or work with somebody, you're my host, and I and y'all are very gracious whenever y'all have worked with me. So I try to come in there and say, what do you need? What do you want? I try to be as considerate of y'all staff around me, and uh, I'm lucky that you guys have let me do what I do in there. Not I deserve it. That's awesome. And I hate that sense of entitlement. That's yeah. that, that burns me up. I hear that. So I have two questions for you. One might lead into the other. But you mentioned, uh, I made a joke about you being a contortionist. And you said that you were, uh, you hinted that you're doing something uh, to promote your flexibility. That's right. Tell me about that. Stretching. <laughs> in any, like, any particular fashion? Are you doing yoga? Are you doing static stretching? Are you using a foam roller? Are you doing anything uh, anything other than sitting on the floor? You know, I've been uh, on the foam roller for 10 years as well. Uh, but um, no, just, you know, making it a point that every day that I spend 10 to 20 minutes just stretching. And it's not something that it, it's always something that I was interested in. But definitely in the last X amount of months, I've just been real disciplined about. And uh I think it comes down to two things. Number one, I'm getting old. You gotta start paying attention, or else, you know, motion is lotion. And if it doesn't move, you're stuck. But um, Oof, I 
like that. Motion's lotion, baby. Leave that. The body's got to <laughs> move. Preach, son. The body's got to move. You know, I've got, I purchased, uh, and I always say purchased because damn tunnel time is expensive, right? I got coached um, something like 15 hours this, this last two years. And it was from two guys that I really admire and um, um, look up to. And the one thing the guy called me out on, he was said, you can, you can move any way you want in the tunnel. You know, you, your range of motion topped out. But my limits are the actual body. So when I, when I reach for a slow speed and it, and it means good posture, good posture, slow speed, speed, you know, good posture, I'm, I'm strong. I don't have good posture. So for me to get more out of the tunnel at this point now, I have to start conditioning my body outside the tunnel. So that's something that um, I have to put emphasis on if I want to get better in the tunnel. Well, you led me right into what uh, oh, my, my next question is. Let's just pretend that you're a poor young jumper listening to this podcast and you don't get to do a lot of tunnel time. you got to save up a lot of money to, to go to the tunnel. Right. And let's say you want to maximize your tunnel experience. You want to maximize your learning. What can someone do to get the most out of that, whether it's uh, – I'll just let you answer the question. I'm thinking. Oh, that's good. Right. Uh, you know, I think number one is uh, communicate. Number one, figure out who's going to coach you the best. And not the best coach, but the person who you get along with the most, who gets the most out of your time and respects your time in the tunnel. Find that person. Don't go off of rumors. Don't go off of names. Do some research. Go up, go up to the tunnel and watch tunnel co coaches coach for all your spare time. Figure out who you like. Get to know them. Um, then once you find that time, communicate clearly about your specific goals. Do you want to get better in the sky? Do you want to get better in the tunnel? Do you want both worlds? What are you looking for specifically? And then lastly, after you've done all that research and all that communication, give the keys to that guy, whoever that coach is. Don't second guess them. Just believe everything that they say. And at that point as well, kind of relinquish your goals so that you're not fixated on them. So if you don't get to them, you don't realize, uh, you don't miss the fact that you had so much progress elsewhere. That would be, that would be the answer. You know, the last bit is, I can't tell you how many people get hung up on getting a specific skill and I can't even show them how well they're doing other than that specific skill. So, yeah. That's a life answer, man. All well right. said. Thanks. Thank you. Well, do you consider... Uh, someone referred to themselves, a tunnel flyer, uh, referred to themselves as a uh, tunnel athlete. <laughs> and I kind of <laughs> scoffed at it because this person was not athletic. Yeah. So uh, how, do you, how do you think athletics connects to tunnel flying? Are you a tunnel athlete? I would hate to call myself an athlete by any, t <laughs> any means. But at, at the same time, I also, don't, um, I also don't make a living by sitting on the phone or something like that. So my job does involve my body and being physical. We are in the tunnel for th an hour and a half, two hours a day. It's kind of like a sport, but it's also kind of like bowling. I mean, dude, you can drink while you're doing it. I mean, right, <laughs> come on. <laughs> <laughs> it is a sport, and you're a professional athlete, and I love being able to say that because I find it ironic yeah. that I'm a professional <laughs> athlete. Like, no. <laughs> yeah, but I also think it is kind of like a sport in the in the, in the the aspect of, Who's ever got the disease the worst is going to be the best flyer. So, like, why is Michael Jordan so good at basketball? And I chose that because I know nothing about sports, and it just seems like <laughs> the most common name. Because he got up at 5 o'clock and, and threw a 1,000 
um, you know, what are they called? Uh, basketballs. <laughs> and then he started counting how many he threw. The person who, who trains the hardest and, and um, just has the disease, like, that, that's kind of the athlete side of it. It's not really about the person with the most talent. It's the person who, who trains the right way, the hardest. So the, the people who are the best in the world aren't there because they're talented. Maybe they are. They're probably there because they're disciplined and got that mindset of an athlete, right? Let's pretend that, uh, again, I'm a young jumper or someone with an interest in tunnel flying, and uh, I think I want to be a tunnel instructor. What would you tell that person? You, I would try to talk them out of it. Number one, beautiful, and that's. <laughs> I actually thought that that might be your answer. Yeah, that's that's for sure my first response because everybody has come and asked me for a job. I mean, everybody, and the only the people who asked me for an entire year did I really push for, and every interview that, that I did would start out with the with the negatives because you walk into that place and you just see the positives. You see that dude flying for free. You're like, man, I want to fly for free, and basically my question is, because you're gonna fly the general public. Are you prepared to injure yourself on a daily basis for the general public? And if the answer is no, you're probably not going to enjoy instructing because it hurts. It hurts. Taking first time flyer classes hurt after a while. Taking high flights hurts. We all have shoulder we all have shoulder problems. I mean, we're all limping around. A- at any time one in tunnel one tunnel instructor at Memorial is nursing something. You know. So, that's really it. it if if you're not prepared to do the work, don't do it. Don't do it for uh, don't do it just for the the, the free time, man. But I say that, man. I, I got free time. If I didn't <laughs> have free time, <laughs> I would I would do it. You got to devote a lot of time. This the train the training is a pretty involved schedule. You're always gonna work with people who want the same days off as you. Everybody wants to go to the drop zone on the weekends and to the boogies. So you're always gonna fight schedules. You you got to commit your weekends. Those things kind of suck. Those things kind of suck. Not to complain about my job, but um, and I'm not. But that's kind of w- what the expectation should be set at for somebody coming in. I think that answer is fair for both our sports. Nick, all three of us sitting here have been working full time in the industries we're in, skydiving, indoor or outdoor, for quite a while now. And that's the thing I tell young skydiving instructors: is at some point you must realize this is a job. And if you realize this is a job, the suck is still good. Yeah. If you think it's the the vacation that you kind of described then the suck turns into suck really quick mm-hmm. and if you look at a vacation all the time you'll have more fun for the first little while but man longevity the guys who see job. it as a job the guys who see it as work you know it, it's the fucking coolest jo- job i could ever have i think you probably feel the same way about yours for sure. um it's just great advice we've got to be open um i do um want to pause for one second i want to talk about the rating center the rating center you know is my company mm-hmm. and this saturday nick do you know what we have going on saturday at the drop zone saturday march 10th march 10th oh march 10th. safety day is march 10th yeah safety day so uh every year the rating center has hosted safety day at skydive spaceland uh you, you may hear this after safety day is done you may hear this before safety day Either way, uh, attending Safety Day is the best way to win. At the end of Safety Day, we're going to give what I've called the Safety Day Inquisition. It's a little written pop quiz with questions about each seminar, including some of them like, what color underwear was Nick wearing during this seminar? (laughs) I wasn't. I don't think that will be a question, by the way. Um, And the winner gets a free ProTrack, too. So being there is super awesome. It's the best way to be. 
But if you're listening to this and you couldn't make it to the drop zone or it's past May 10th and you went to another safety day, the Rating Center Facebook page will actually have safety day listed. Uh, we're going to live stream each one of the chats or each one of the seminars. Uh, and hopefully the internet works. Hopefully with better internet than what's here. Um, and if the internet doesn't work there, we, we've got a chance to record it. And we're going to have those up all live or, or post live. We're going to keep those on, on Facebook. You can watch them anytime you want. Seminars. Uh, my wife is doing free fall safety. Uh, one of my favorite slides is titled Donner Party of One. The danger. We talked about that last <laughs> week. The danger of solo jumps. Uh, uh, rabbit. No, not Rabbit. JP is doing aircraft safety. I don't know if you know JP Finari. I don't know. I think he's popped in the tunnel once or twice. Super nice guy. He was uh, an instructor at the Paris one tunnel years ago. Yes, hmm. sir. Yeah, he'll be he'll be doing that. Um, I'm doing a canopy collision seminar, and, and it's not changed. Canopy collisions are still just as crazy as they can be. They're scary, dangerous, but the numbers have gone way down. Um, I don't remember who else is speaking. Hank is doing emergency procedures. Is Daniel talking about cameras? Daniel Glue has got some camera stuff going on. We've added a couple different systems there this year. There's some new available cutaway systems to camera helmets or G3s in particular. That are cool opportunities. Uh, what's the uh, oh the summary the fatality summary? We'll talk about why and and what what's killing us. So, um, the rating center. Go to our Facebook page. Check it out. Uh, like the rating center Facebook page. We actually focus dominantly on instructors. You're an examiner in your world. I'm an examiner in mine. We have right now three examiners checking out two more. So, dude, we'll be the five examiners. The first time you met me, it was me. We'll be to five examiners uh, this year shortly running the rating center, and uh, we teach coach courses, AFF courses, TANF courses. Nick's actually taking a course with me. Um, Justin, one or two? Three. Canopy course. At least three. Probably yeah. four, actually. So check Did it a out. a couple canopy stuff. Check it out. I have to do an ad at some point, and uh, I'm plugging me today. The, ra cool. the com. Ratings is with an S, theratingcenter.com. The Ratings Center on Facebook. Uh, please check us out. Please like the page. If you like the way we speak, like you like the things we do, then we're going to help you. And legitimately, there are other great examiners out there. Something, John, you've talked about tonight is there's more than one cool way to do this. So we're not the only, but I definitely believe we're amongst some of the best out there, and I think the product we're pushing out there is great. And I think... We're as good as we are because we're as open to as bad as we are and to how your different way is okay. Amen. So, uh, sorry, Nick, wanted to steal the show for one second. No, no, it actually brought a thought to my mind. That I'm, What's I, up? Well, we have a couple other sponsors of the podcast, uh, Infinity Rigs, Velocity Sports Equipment, and Option Studios. Uh, and I thought about, I was just noticing when other podcasts have uh, sponsors that there's usually some sort of a promotion involved with the, with the sponsorship. And so I was wondering in my head when someone signs up for a course is there any like how do they pay uh end up paying through whatever drop zone i'm it's working through with the drop zone. yeah yeah i just wondered if there's like a if you could somehow have a gravity lab coupon code currently no payment. currently there there isn't one but i was gonna I, I thought that we had uh that we should reach out to velocity about uh you know, someone's ordering a new rig, Gravity Lab Radio, a checkout. Maybe that's some sort of deal. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. We'll talk to Miss Riley. I, I was speaking with Riley today, um, and she I was making puns with her today. It was very enjoyable. I don't know if she told you. There's been people actually calling and talking to Infinity and telling them they, uh, they've heard us talk about uh, Velocity Sports Equipment on the phone or on, on the show. It's been super cool. Nick, you actually got to meet Kelly Farrington, the owner, this week. Yeah, pretty kind guy. At 3 o'clock in the fucking morning. Yeah, until 3 a couple of nights. Or no, it was two, yeah, 2.30. I don't want to make it sound any worse than it was. The sec I think the first night was 3. The second night was 
Something. Or is that when I got home? It was late. D- time yeah. to go to the dentist. Let's just say it was late 30. Yeah. It, it was interesting, man. It, we, we had a lot of fun. Uh, Kelly and I yesterday went to uh, the flight museum since we had the day off. You ever been to Lone Star Flight Museum? No. You like airplanes? I like things. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love lamp. Lone, Lone Star Flight Museum's <laughs> over on Ellington Field. And... Super cool because they've got a couple hangars full of really cool planes, B-25, B-17, a bunch of other cool it's aircraft. It's like southeast of the city, right, Ellington? Yeah, right on 45 and Beltway, right where they okay, cross, gotcha. um, where the Houston Air Show goes on. And uh, they they had to move, and that's where they moved to. They, they put a learning center in for kids. Awesome. And there's some really cool interactive... <laughs> What's going on right now? Pusha nose. No one knows what you're laughing about, DJ. The video's not on. Oh, I know. It doesn't matter. Uh, Nick's got his mic out of its stand, and he's holding it like a boom mic at Adam, like he's screwing up a movie set. I thought I looked way cooler. I thought it was a sword. (laughs) Yeah. Nope. So, Nick, what else do you have for Mr. Mr. Walker here? I'll put my pants back on. Thank you. I was getting very intimidated again. Uh, Gosh, uh, John, anything else you want to share with the world? What if I want to get coaching from you? How do I contact you? Do I follow John Walker's coaching schedule on Facebook? Would that be a good move? Oh, yeah. Hey. That's how you do it. I'm the worst at marketing. I'm like the king of not marketing. But, yeah. Yeah, you can find me on Facebook. Yet I, somehow people keep coming to you. Oh, yeah. It's, it's been good. Houston's Maybe you're doing something right. Houston's been good to me. Uh, I, you know, if I wanted to take a moment and say uh, just thank you to the community and so many people that listen to this who I'm probably know but n- don't know very well uh i was really happy for the opportunity to um you know influence people that are listening to this and i th- see that as such an opportunity and uh, a lot of times when i'm at work i'm busy so i know sometimes that can come across as like being rude and uh you know i hate for that to happen so uh, i just appreciate the opportunity to you know speak to the community around here and say thank you Thank you for making the tunnel as good as you have. You know, this place, Memorial wouldn't be the tunnel it would be without without um, the skydivers here in the community. Just really great. I've been to some of the other tunnels, and this just, I th- have always thought it was a good connection between the two. Um, like uh, like DJ said, I always told everybody when they go to the drop zone, put their head down, be respectful. And I've always noticed when people come into the tunnel with the same way. So um, that's probably it. That's probably it. I'm taking pictures of you right now to post on Instagram later. Oh. I think it's uh, <laughs> I, I don't Let me put my pants back on. I, I don't have tons of experience between different tunnels and different drop zones, but I have some. I've been to different drop zones and tunnels together, and I really do think our communities jive better than most tunnel skydiving communities and the respect and the fact that we really are by flyers. I mean, there's a point where I'm a tunnel flyer, I'm a skydiver, and there's so many jumpers in our world who are just, I'm a flyer. Yeah, nice. And I think it's. Did you say a bi flyer? A bi flyer. Yeah, that's, that's a new borderline word. sexual. So yeah, super it flies into both ways. <laughs> um, well, I, I free fly and belly fly. <laughs> Feeling a little bi curious. <laughs> so uh, I, I think that way. Um, but I really think part of it is is what you guys have done as well. I think our skydivers have done a good job as a community making that relationship work. But it's a two way street, and I think a lot of the tunnel flyers and tunnel instructors have been that way. And leadership starts at the top, and whether it's, it's a low role of leadership as a title or position or whether it's just people will follow you. And you're a quiet leader, but people will follow you, and I think guys like you are a big reason why the tunnel gets along with us as well. So thank you, man. Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah, thank you very much. Um, yeah, you know, I just wanted to say right there, I, I don't really see a difference between the two worlds. I've always said if you go make one jump and you get in the tunnel one time, 
they're for sure going to seem like two different worlds. But the more you do both of them, to me, the more you see that they're way more alike than they are different. Mm -hmm. And when people struggle with the other one, just to bring it back to the conversation, it's because it's not their home. And the other one is their home, so they just feel more comfortable at their home. And the other one seems foreign. But just, uh, you know, to me, it's wind, baby. It's wind. <laughs> Dang, put your hand out the car window and play with it. If you like that, you're one of us. You are one of us. Yeah, so, you're, Are you suggesting that people get blown? Is that what you mean to say? <laughs> I, all I'm saying is, ah, you know, I was going to try to be like so... <laughs> I was just no, that was really no, genuine. I fucked it up. I'm I sorry. I was going to say no <laughs> bad words or anything like that. Everybody enjoys a good blowjob. What can I say? Believe that. Had to say it. Justin, you got anything to add as we uh, wrap up the show here? I wanted to add, you know, definitely come out Safety Day, but uh, April 7th, we have a little shindig. A little down. karaoke. We are, uh, we're sponsoring a karaoke night at the Drop Zone. Pretty excited about it. Yeah, I yeah. actually decided on my song choice for what song I will uh, oh, did you open know? with. I'm not going to tell anybody. I say, don't tell us. I, wa- I want to be I surprised. <laughs> I'll know when you tell me what song to queue up. That's about it. <laughs> I got to tell you. Well, you can cue up the song and just tell me to hit play. Okay. I can tell you. It doesn't matter. I, I know you're going to be there. I won't remember. Oh, you, you, no, tell me then. Don't t- I don't, wa- don't want to know until you tell me to cue it oh, up. I want to be You want me to tell you right now? Fuck no. Oh, save it's, this. Uh, none of your fucking business. <laughs> uh, you were hoping I would say yes. No, I wasn't going to tell you. Okay. Because I, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to say I'm 95% sure on this song. Pretty close. I had another song in mind. Didn't think many people would actually know this song. It's a little dated. You know the uh, Bust a Move by Young MC? You know this nice. song? Nice. Dressed yeah. in yellow, she says hello. Yeah, that, next to me, that, that song is what I wanted to start with. But I was like, well, fuck, man. Like, I used to look around and be like one of the youngest people around. And the more I look around, it's like, God, I am, time is passing. I am aging. So I don't think many people are going to know that song. So I'm going to go with something that's going to grab a few more people. So my last question is, how old are you, John? Because you kept saying I'm getting old. 35. But it's not an age. It's not the number. It's the fact that I have a mortgage and a wife and a child. You the know child I mean? thing gives you 10 years automatically. I won't argue Growing that. up life. That's you know, real shit. You're 45. If I was 55 and, and you know, you know what I'm saying, had a trailer at the drop zone, yeah, I would be young. I probably shouldn't say that. Everybody's like, dude, I'm 55 and I'm old at the drop zone. But it's just, it's, it's how you live, man. It's how you <laughs> live. It's nine o'clock and I'm thinking to myself, it is late. Yep. I'm in, <laughs> oh. I'm in that boat. Oh. So we better wrap this up before we turn into uh, pumpkins over here. Anything you want to add, Mr. DJ? John, thanks for being on the show. Oh, man. Uh, Sorry we didn't get to share it with the Facebook world. Oh, yeah. But yeah. we're going to make a post on Facebook to uh, download this podcast. Sweet. And then I'm going to post one of those beautiful pictures I just took of you while you were talking. That Thanks. are always really flattering. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Hit that button. Let's make this. Let's make this shit happen. Uh, come to the karaoke film festival. Tell all your friends to download this episode of John's uh, podcast. And uh, keep skydiving. I'm on the end credits. Mm, mm, mm. Oh.